0: Hello gamers and thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Cartridge Club. If you are new to the club, I'll briefly explain what we are. The Cartridge Club is a community of content creators and gamers of all generations. I'm Player1, and along with my brother Player2, we host a monthly book club for gamers. We pick a game and invite everyone in the club to play along, and then we select three people to come on this show and discuss the game everyone played. Without further ado, let's meet our panel this month. First up coming to us from the fastest five minutes on YouTube, we have the the man, the myth, the legend, the constructor of the Millennium Falcon, and one of the few owners of a complete Sega Master System collection in the United States, Eric, the mighty Q-Dog. Thanks for being here, Eric. Thanks for having me on again. I, uh, I'm concerned that I overshot the intros for the rest of our guests because I don't know enough as much about them as I know about you due to the fact that I watch your show every week. Um, for anybody who might not be familiar with the Q-Dog house, why don't you let them know what it is? Well, uh, my
1: wife Melissa and I do a five-minute sort of vlog every week. uh, We call it In the Q Dog House on our YouTube channel. And uh, every once a month we'll do pickup videos and stuff like that. But it's primarily a a channel about the Cartridge Club and our experiences with it.
0: It's the best five minutes of my week every week. So thank you very
2: much (laughs) for that. Thank you.
0: (laughs) Next up we have, uh, I guess... If Eric is the Batman of the club, that would make our next guest the Joker or the Superman to Eric's Lex Luthor um, or the Rita Repulsa to his Red Ranger. Is this, uh, am I getting all of the uh, the, the opposites here? Uh, it's Eric's arch nemesis and, uh, and main shower rival from the Barry Game Exchange, the wonderful <laughs> Catherine from Flock of Nerds. Hello. Hi, Catherine. Thanks for being here so much. All of
3: that was accurate. So
0: Uh, so why don't you let our listeners know what Flock of Nerds is and just how hard it is to keep all of Miles' energy contained.
3: Um, Yeah, I'm kind of the subdued one, I guess, of the three of us. It's uh, just a channel that we have. um, Well, it was a YouTube channel that I started with my partner, Miles, that most people know. And then we started a podcast with our friend Chris called Flock Talk, and then we just Kinda did a bit of a spin-off that you are well aware of called Flock Talk RPG. And those are basically where we put most of our efforts now are into those two podcasts.
0: You guys used to do a show called uh, Mario Mondays. And I'm going to put you on the spot here because <laughs> uh, it was one of the so-called my wife, Colleen, and I. Um, we watch very little television um, and we watch even less YouTube. And there are only a handful of things on the planet that we will watch together as a couple one of them Mm -hmm. used to be mario mondays and uh there hasn't been one in a long time and it's at the point now where we don't even speak to each other on mondays i'm just wondering (laughs) will that be coming back for the sake of my marriage (laughs)
3: um maybe i like it's really just we Mm -hmm. we both suffer from um crippling laziness and so you're talking about you and i (laughs) Maybe you are afflicted with the same thing, but, um, yeah, we just, we just, I guess when we started doing the podcast, it became like more of our focus and we do really like playing, um, video games together, but then we got lazy (laughs) this doesn't answer your question. Like your marriage might be over. I'm sorry if that's why, if that's why, um, if it gets really bad, maybe we'll throw up an episode of Mario Odyssey or something for you. But perfect. Um, <laughs> I, I I've talked to Miles about this a lot, just because I I mean, it was actually a reason for us to get together and play games, and we enjoy talking about it. When we did the live stream um, for the fifty hour live stream, oh sorry, that's my phone. When we did the fifty hour live stream, that was uh, we had a a lot of fun. Uh, playing games again and so i kind of thought we could do it again but we just haven't scheduled it maybe if i tell him that your marriage is on the rocks we can yeah,
0: let him know <laughs> it's because yeah. basically if her and i split up i gotta move in with you so uh... that's
3: fine <laughs> <laughs> i think you would hate toronto though <laughs>
0: can i bring my dogs i'll be okay if i can bring my uh, dogs
3: miles would love that he would love that
0: all right perfect <laughs> um and speaking of my dogs The next guest we have actually shares a dog with the same breed as my dog. Uh, I have a Yorkie Poo named Cooper, one of the manliest breeds. And uh, our next guest, who is not only the heir apparent to this show, but he's also the executive producer for, I think, seven or eight cartridge club shows uh, as well. Mm -hmm. He is the one and only Rocket Sauce. Thanks for being here, Ryan. Thanks for having me back. Um, Uh... Well, basically... uh, you told me I'm coming on this show or I'm driving to your house and I'm punching you in the dick.
4: Yeah, you know, I really, I really, out of all the episodes I think that were scheduled for this year, this is the one I really wanted to be a part of. And then after I found out that Eric and Catherine were going to be on here, I really, I, that was like the driving point where I needed to be on this show. So thanks you for didn't having me. I
0: think that they would be able to do justice for the game.
4: Hey, I lived. Well, I lived in that house with them too. It was quite the show, in Barry. So, you know, <laughs> I was coming back for seconds here. It was, you know, get your popcorn ready. You know. Excellent, excellent.
0: Um, so, yeah, we're stoked to have you here, and I'm sure you're stoked to talk about the game. And I'm gonna throw things over to Mark, and he's gonna tell everybody what that game is, because Mark is the best of us. Oh
2: God. <laughs> You've been holding on to that one. All right, this month, uh, it was a dark and spooky month. Um, You know, it's spring. Spring Springtime's coming. Uh, There's flowers blooming, so we're playing zombie games. This month, we played The Last of Us, which is made by Naughty Dog. Uh, This came out in 2013. I didn't realize it's already been five years. It's kind of crazy. Yeah, third-person shooter. Got kind of a deep storyline, which we're about to get into. Uh, And... You might know Naughty Dog for making games like uh, Uncharted or, uh, I don't know, Crash Bandicoot. It's probably more similar to Crash Bandicoot than Uncharted. Um, But yeah, with that said, this was not my first time playing it. We played through this uh, a while back when it first came out. But uh, I'm more curious about your guys' first impression. Um, Catherine, what was your first experience with this game? Was it this month?
3: No, not at all. This game is actually, um, when you did your top 100 cartridge list for the Cartridge Club, it yeah. ended up being my number one game, which I think oh. is probably why I'm on here. Um, I didn't play it at first. I watched Miles play the whole thing, and which is how I play most games, actually. I usually just watch Miles, and that's just as fun for me. Um, but I was a huge fan of watching him play Uncharted, all three of them. Um, I call um I, I would call it my favorite TV show. And so when Uncharted Two came out, i like, oh, season two of my favorite show is coming out because it <laughs> would take him take him a while to play. That's and cool. <laughs> and I just that game, the Uncharted games kind of changed my view or at least opened my eyes up to action adventure. With good storytelling, fun characters, characters that you like and, you know, want to see more of. And then when the last of us came out, I was just super excited about um just to see what they were going to do next, right? Because we had, I think three uncharteds at that point. So yeah, just excited to see what else they had in them. And yeah. I was a huge crash bandicoot fan, too. So oh, nice. when so when um, yeah, when I found out that it was the same company, I was pretty blown away.
2: Yeah, I'm I'm in that po too. I'm am a Crash Bandicoot guy. I have not touched the Uncharted series, so this was sort of my first foray into their uh, cinematic adventure uh, gaming. Uh, yeah, I never touched it Uncharted, but uh, it's it's I'm fascinated that you were able to experience the game by watching uh, Miles play it for the first time because I I think that that is actually how I would have preferred to experience this game um but we're going to get more into that soon so anyway it's cool to hear that um okay so how about uh eric was this your uh, first time playing through yeah it was um <clears throat> i've
1: actually had this game on my my backlog it's probably been the number one game on my backlog since it was released and uh, uh finally uh cartridge club as it often does motivated me to to give it a try and to try to get it done. So yeah, this is the first time I, I played it. I played the, um, I played the PS4, uh, remaster and I, I've actually, I bought the game like three times over. I think the remaster is the fourth version of the game I own or um. the fourth copy. Cause <laughs> I, I kept buying, I kept buying them and, uh, then still not playing them, but wow. I ended up with three copies for the PS3 somehow. But, uh, <laughs> finally played the PS4. <laughs>
2: um, yeah, actually I, this is one of the few games I still have after I, I sold off all my stuff, I have that uh, collector's edition. They make it so appealing; you almost have to to buy it every time, every time you can. <laughs> that's because um, you
0: sold everything you could sell, right? That,
2: <laughs> that, that's why you I still believe it did have make a copy. That joke before. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, and I didn't mention that this is a a PlayStation exclusive. So yeah, pretty interesting stuff. Um, okay, cool, cool. How about? Uh, or actually, Eric, when you first turned it on. Um, because there is a lot of hype around this, so I, I can understand why it would be the top of your backlog. Uh, the, the sequel's coming out soon. Um, yeah. But when you, you turned it on, was it what you expected?
1: Well, you know, I was, I've was i been pretty lucky on this, and, and this is a game I have tried to avoid spoilers for many, many years, and it was difficult at first, and then it, it got a little bit easier. Uh, and then you, you never know um, where a spoiler is going to come from. And I, I, I happen to be reading a book... Um, about uncharted and it, it it did a spoiler for the last of us oh uh so i got hit with but it's very near the beginning of the game so it wasn't a big deal but but um so the point of all that is that yeah i came in pretty pretty uh ignorant of of anything that the game was about i mean i had an idea it's naughty dog i figured it'd be a little bit like uncharted i knew it was going to be co- sort of a character-based game but i really knew nothing about the gameplay mechanics or anything, and really kind of only knew what I saw on the cover,
5: nice.
1: and uh, you know the cover itself is a little bit of a spoiler. But uh, um, yeah, I came in pretty fresh to it, so I, I didn't have a lot of expectations other than Naughty Dog and and figuring it was a little bit like Uncharted.
2: Right on, right now, oh, that's cool. So you were a real fresh experience. I think that's that's great. Any yeah. anytime you can avoid spoilers for five years, that's that's pretty impressive. <laughs> yeah, I was able to avoid a lot of a lot of stuff. So I was. That's awesome. Yeah. Okay, Ryan, I know that this is not your first foray. Why don't you tell us your history with it?
4: So this was my second playthrough of The Last of Us. Um, but the first one, I, I think I came in... I knew there was, I think, a lot of hype coming into this originally. And I bought it, like, made the day after it came out. I didn't buy it um, day of because I'm really leery of... Uh, new IPs. I usually, it's usually, I think maybe even so, the first Uncharted didn't sell me. It wasn't until the second game in the series when I actually became a fan of the Uncharted series. Um, and I, so I think I was going on the same boat. It just, for me, I just, I always seem to, you know, come to a game maybe later on and then the sequel always seems to be better. And then I, that's generally when I become a fan of the series. So I, I wasn't, I, was, I guess a little hesitant to buy this day of, but then uh, you know, I guess everyone praising this game. You know, and there was actually like a really good deal on Newegg.com where I could get this game for forty dollars, like nice. the second day after coming out. So I jumped on it right away. Wow, nice. But so yeah, I I got it and um I I loved it right away. Um, it it reminded me, um, the first on my first playthrough of kind of what I was missing from Resident Evil games for a long time. Oh. Um, I, I generally love that survival horror aspect of it. it. It seemed like it was like another level up for resident mm-hmm. evil. Um, and that's, it's something I've been looking for. Cause I think it, I just came from a, a period of just bad resident evil games and I want, I wanted something like that back and this just mm-hmm. gave it to me what I was looking for. Um, so yeah, I, it just, I loved everything about it. The gameplay, I loved the acting, the story, um, it was it was basically everything I was looking for for I guess a long time. So
2: that's yeah. awesome. I love that you compared it to uh, Resident Evil, because I, I even I was going to make a lot of comparisons to Uncharted, but there's definitely a lot of survival horror here. So it's awesome to hear you mention Resident Evil. Um, just out sort of curiosity, did you play it on the same difficulty this time as you did the, the first time?
4: Uh, yes, uh, but I played was, this one I, I, normal. Um, okay, I played it P, the first time I played it on PS3, and this time was PS4. Um, um, and I guess I've been holding off for a long time to replay this one I, there's, I was looking I've been wanting to replay this one for a while and I just I guess looking for the opportunity and here's my chance to replay it so
2: yeah perfect opportunity right on um, Sean my brother P1 me and you this, this typically uh, doesn't uh, this isn't really in our wheelhouse now I know me and you got caught up in the same E3 hype that a lot of people got those E3 trailers looked incredible people were going nuts over them is that why we jumped in? Because we jumped in on this early. Uh, what got you into this? I think it was definitely E3
0: uh, and the lies they told there uh, that got me <laughs> most excited to play this game. Because um, yeah. it was, it was. hey, here's a revolutionary game where uh, you can attack or you can stealth and the enemies make different, you know, their reactions and their, their responses are based different on what you have. You know, if you have a shotgun and he only has a knife, he's going to back off a little bit and... All of this stuff that you know, all these possible changes and the fluctuations, and how intelligent and intuitive this enemy AI is going to be, and how great this game is, and how you're going to have the opportunity to play it in the way that you want. You can sneak around, or you can, you know, go in guns blazing. And all of that was complete lies. But uh, that, I believe, is why uh, I got so hyped initially.
2: Very good. So, this is not, this was your second time playing through. Um, Yeah. how, How did it stand up? Your first impression is playing now. How does it stand up to your memories of it the first time you played?
0: Um, the it, My memories, the game, I, I enjoyed this time more than the first time. And I think mm-hmm. it's because the sting of the deceit is lessened. Um, <laughs> okay. But uh, the the same, this, this, this game is an, is, a, is an incredible definition of storytelling. Like this, this just does storytelling well. And it does game. It and it also has gameplay.
2: Okay. <laughs> All right. I don't know. Good first impression. Did, uh, and and just to be clear, you played the remaster, right? The PS4 version this time. Yeah. Yeah. I played it on PS4 this time. Okay. Okay. Cool. All right. Cool. Well, that's everybody's first impressions. Um, you know what? Not really anything negative, other than the E3 deceit. So that's that's a good start. I think. I think we're off to a good start. The cover up. The E3 cover up. <laughs> the cover up. Right. Of course. Well, with that said, I'm pretty sure you already warned everybody about spoilers, right?
0: Um, Yeah, so there yep. will be spoilers. I actually don't <laughs> think I did. I usually do that in the intro. Um, yeah. So if you're listening to this show entirely about The Last of Us, we are going to spoil this game. We're going to talk about the plot. We're going to talk about the twists, the turns. And most importantly, we're going to talk about the fact that Joel's daughter dies in the first half hour.
2: Wow. Spoiler alert. Spoiler so alert. <laughs> you have been
0: warned. yeah that was the spoiler that got me i was reading a book
1: about uncharted 4 and all of a sudden they say oh yeah and by the way in the last of us his daughter dies right away
2: (laughs) thank
0: you where did that sentence come from
2: did i did did i mention that nathan drake crazy (laughs) (laughs) okay okay so with that said let's get into the story of the game uh the real backbone of the game um who wants to cover the story who thinks who thinks they can handle that that's a pretty big feat i'm gonna go right to you ryan
4: great thanks um
2: no problem i really appreciate you picking me
4: yeah thanks for picking me on this here
2: um, i know how much you love it
4: well i love this game yeah the thing is um you can just read what sean wrote if you want <laughs> so i guess the the story takes place in post apocalyptic united states um the story is about two survivors joel and ellie as they work together, and as they survive westward on a westward—oh, sorry—they survive their westward journey across the remains of the country to find a possible cure for this modern fungal plague that has nearly decimated the entire human race. Right. Um, I just want to say, so, Ryan, that is very well said. That is
0: an excellent. You have come up with an excellent definition for this story of this game. Yeah, <laughs> it's right off summary, the top of your head. I am. That is probably the best summary a guest has ever given
3: for someone who loves it that much though i thought maybe it would be a little bit more detailed <laughs> and maybe a little bit more heart in it oh, like it's just two people going west
4: <laughs> yeah Catherine, would you would you like to break down the story somewhere <laughs> i, don't Go know. I back, think
3: it, i think at the heart of it is just a like a really heartfelt love story of a father trying to um rekindle this lost because we find out very early on that he's lost his daughter and he has become hardened to the world. And no matter what is happening outside in the world, which is this fungal infection, that is actually apparently based on like a real bacteria or something, but yeah. um, which is kind of creepy. Mm-hmm. But I think the I think the reason why I like it so much is because the story is really about uh, Joel and his relationship with Ellie. Right, he's standoffish. He doesn't want to um, have this burden of escorting her or smuggling her to the fireflies, but um, he kind of becomes a real father figure to her. Yeah. And that overarching story is kind of what really draws you in.
2: Yeah, well said. So, uh, the game. It it is essentially a zombie game, but it's just people getting infected with a plague. Uh, I think twenty eight weeks later, or twenty eight days later, which is the one? Twenty eight, twenty eight days. Joel, yeah. Which is the Sandra Bullock one? Um. So Joel, like like we said, he loses his daughter really early in the game. He ends up finding uh, another young girl, Ellie, who he sort of ends up having to take this role on. She may have the cure. She may have the immunity. To create the cure to to fight this virus so he has to get her to the place where where they can extract this from her and that is the point of the game it's just him trying to get her there
4: yeah Um, for the the story too it's she's bit uh but unlike everyone else she hasn't turned for some reason when people generally turn instantly she for some reason has not been able to turn i also wanted to say too with the story i find the story also is i think mostly based about trust how from the beginning part of the game, like, you know, when Joe and Ellie meet, he doesn't, he doesn't trust anyone period with, with the exception of maybe Tess, mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, over time you see the relationship build where, um, Ellie's, you know, I think she trusts him right away. Um, uh, but he doesn't trust anybody. He doesn't trust her and he keeps pushing her off, off and off until eventually towards the end of the game, you know, where they eventually have this connection with each other. Um, it's all about relation building on trust. Mm-hmm. And, um, I don't know if we want to spoil the ending yet, but like, I think that trust part comes to a halt at the very end of the game. Yeah, that's that's definitely something we're
2: going to dive into. Um, If there's one good thing I I can say about this game, it's the uh, the chemistry they build up between the characters. Um, Top notch, top notch. Uh, Well, let's talk a bit about we're talking about these characters. Let's talk about them. Um, Sean, talk about Joel. Tell us tell us who the main protagonist of the game is. So, Joel, whose voice actor is Troy Baker, and I
0: wanted to highlight... We don't normally talk about voice actors in games unless it's Matt Mercer. And I wanted to highlight the voice actors in this game because <laughs> they all did such an amazing job. Um, I won't okay. steal your thunder with something you're going to say later, but I do think that the the voice actors in this, uh, they, they really stole the show and they helped carry this story that Naughty Dog created. So, Joel is the main protagonist. Um, he... Uh, he has, you know, early on when the plague starts, he has his life shattered as his daughter's, you know, ripped from his arms and shot to death in front of him by a soldier, um, which, you know, we, we catch up with them years later. And as you would expect, he's got some walls built up at this point. He doesn't want people to get close. He has issues trusting people. Uh, but he's doing what he has to do to survive. And there's actually a quote later in the game uh, when he's talking to Ellie. And he says to her, it took me a long time get to the point where I was okay with with surviving. You know, but he means doing the things that he had to do to stay alive. And when he says that, he actually touches uh, his wristwatch and the watch is is the last gift that his daughter gave him for his birthday. It was a birthday present and it has long since stopped working. It no longer functions as a a watch. It's just a piece of jewelry that he wears on his wrist now, a a memento. Uh, And Mm -hmm. Ellie at one point early on when she meets him mentions to him, you know, hey, your watch is broke. Um, but Joel's the main protagonist, and he's being asked, you know, we he's asked at this point by his friend, Tess, and by this other woman, Marlene, that they both know, um, who is a member of the Fireflies, they ask him, she asks him to take this girl across country, you know, this possible cure for uh, Las Plagas, or sorry, um, <laughs> Cordyceps, or whatever it's called, um, Cordyceps, and um, he doesn't want to do it, and it's partially because it sounds it's a it's you know it's a very risky thing to do, but I think it's also part of the fact that she reminds him of his daughter. You know, immediately, like you can't not make those. Par- There'd be no way for him to to look at her and not instantly start making those parallels of, hey, protect this girl, take her there, do this for me, please. You know, I wouldn't want to put myself. I wouldn't want to hang out with someone who could possibly uh, remember. You know, remind me of my child. So, that situation. Mm-hmm. Joel's a he's a he's a strong character. He's stubborn. Uh, he does what needs to be done to survive, and as he's got a lot of friends that he knows along the way. But as he spends more time with Ellie, he he starts to look at her as as you know a member of his family, maybe not a replacement for his daughter, but as a member of his family, and he cares for. her. They go through a lot, and uh, he does everything he possibly can to keep her safe, um,
2: including lie to her. Mm, well said. Yeah, I think he fills this role nicely and and like you said troy baker i think he did a fantastic job um i'm not usually a big fan of voice acting in most games but this one was seemed pretty top-notch um but yeah well said uh eric what did you think of joel did you find him relatable did you like him as the main character yeah you know
1: <clears throat> i did like him and you know i as a father of daughters myself i i could certainly relate mm-hmm. um relate to him I, I, i thought his um i thought his transformation as the game progressed was believable uh, the things that he did and the things that that he became um ultimately uh i guess maybe we can save this for the end of the game um he uh he um uh, well, I don't want to spoil the end yet. Uh, he uh, something <laughs> happens a- right at the very. I don't know if we want to talk about this now, but something happens right <laughs> at the very end of the game that kind of made me actually change, almost take a one eighty on on uh, my my uh, my impression right. of Joel. Um, oh yeah, let's jump into this now then. Okay,
4: <laughs> okay. so well, so be hot yeah, set, set it up for us, Eric. Set it up. Once this is time. what I was referring to about the whole trust thing. Right. Right yeah. There,
1: so. so you know. Joel has lost his daughter, right? And he's, he spent, I think, uh, 20 years living in this post-apocalyptic, post-apocalyptic world where you have to do what you have to do to survive. And, um, then he meets this girl and, and they, they bond over a period of several seasons. I, I don't, I don't remember exactly when it started. If it was a full year, they were together if it was three seasons or so. But, um, um, the very end of the game uh, you know something happens and and he saves her life and the the very last instant of the game if i'm interpreting it correctly is her asking well you know have you told me the truth and he hadn't told her the truth and he said and he lied he straight faced, sweared to her face looking her in the eyes everything i told you was true and it wasn't true and it's a very um I think, in a very literal sense, it's a very selfish act. Mm. He, 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 and, and this is a very, uh, you know, the philosophy, philosophers have talked about this kind of thing for a long time, the, the greater good and things like that, you know, m- moral issues relating to, you know, saving a person or saving a, you know, she has this cure, right?
5: Mm-hmm. So
1: the fact that he was able to lie to her at that point, um, after everything had already been done and there was nothing she could really do about it at this point anyway. Um, it, kind of made me think that he, he's, you know, he, he's a very, uh, his, his fall, if you will, to, um, abandoning all sense of morality, uh, was completed. I I mean, I, I really think that at that point, there's no line that you wouldn't cross. I mean, he's gone through the game killing people and trying to survive and doing that. Now he's li- now he's just straight up lying to the only person in the world that, you know, that's left that he loves and that you know trusts him. And uh, it kind of made me reflect on his character as a whole. What what that meant.
2: So hmm. yeah. It,
0: so Ellie's, go ahead, Ellie's got this. She's this possible cure, right? They think okay, she could be the one. And the whole journey there, they're talking about, you know, what's going to happen, what's going to happen. She's nervous. What are they going to do, Joel? What, what, what's going to happen when we get there? And he's like, they're probably going to take some blood, and they'll figure it out from there. And then we'll go back, and we'll live with my brother Tommy, you know, or we'll go and do whatever. That's, that'll be it. And they get there, and, you know, you wake up because you get knocked out when you first get there. And you find out that they're not going to take some blood, that unfortunately the only way to, to truly find a cure for this is, is to, to cut out the piece of the um, the fungal growth that's inside of her and study it, and this thing happens to grow in the brain. So they have to, mm-hmm. they're they going to have to cut her brain open and pull it out, which is going to kill her. Um, and Joel, at this point, uh, has grown so attached to her and has really replaced his daughter. I think he has replaced his daughter with Ellie. Uh, he won't let it happen. So he decides that her, her life is more important than the lives of everyone else on the planet. Um, And he goes and he stops them from cutting her open and he pulls her away and he guns down the woman who had known her from a child and essentially raised her in uh, the absence of her mother because her mother had passed away and guns her down because even she says, you know, that I struggled with this even more than you could possibly imagine. But this is what we have to do because it's it's what's for the best. And he says, no, I can't let you do that. Now, there is the possibility that they're wrong and they won't be able to find a cure from this. Um, But this is their best chance. At finding a cure. So she wakes up in the back of a car. She's wearing a hospital gown. And you know she's like, what's going on? Where are we going? And he says, uh, you know, it turns out there's, there's dozens of you. Uh, none of it works. They're not looking for a cure anymore. We're leaving. Which she knows is bullshit. She, she knows she's not ridiculous. And then they get to the point that Eric just talked about. You know, it's afterwards. They're walking and she says, you know, tell me the truth, Joel. Uh, tell me that, you know, tell me that what you told me about the fireflies. That they've stopped looking for a cure. Tell me that it's true. But she says this. After she tells him the story of how she got bit, how her and her best friend Riley were doing this, going out, hanging out somewhere, doing whatever, and they both got bit. And, you know, this this is before she knew she was immune, so it's like, we're going to die. So they sat there and they made a, a pact as friends to sit there and wait for the infection to eat away at their brain and eventually drive them both crazy and they'll both, you know, become these monsters. And they said they're going to do it together. Well, she had to sit there and watch her friend Riley go crazy and lose her mind. Well, she didn't, you know. Um, I can only imagine that in that moment she would swear either to her friend or to herself that if there is some way to stop this, I'm going to do what I can so this doesn't happen to anyone else. So this never happens again. So when she asks Joel, you know, did you tell me the truth? Joel's thinking... He's got to be thinking one of two things. Either if I tell her that I lied, she's going to go look for some way to find someone to study her, to make this happen, and she's going to throw her life away. She's going to die, and I'm going to lose her too, or I'm going to lose her like I lost Sarah. And the other thing is he's got to be thinking, you know, if I tell her the truth and that I pulled her away from there after all we got through to do this, is she going to be mad at me? You know, is... But so I don't know. I don't understand. First, I don't understand. I have a hard time understanding how you can make the call to save her over the rest of the planet. And then I don't understand um, telling her, you know, her because you can you can tell on her face. And this is a video game. but You can tell on her face. She doesn't. (laughs) She knows that he's Mm. full of shit. So he lied to her in the car. He stopped her from doing it. He lied to her in the car. They get to the point where she's like giving him an oat and like saying, just tell me the truth. And he lies to her again. At this point, you've lost her. Whether just as surely as you would have lost her if they had cut her open, you have lost her. And I think we're going to No see way. That. What
2: are you talking about lost her?
0: She's not There's no way that their her.
2: relationship grows and stays close after that moment. Disagree. She's going to think, "Okay, this guy loves me too much," or she's going to do the other thing that you said and just want to seek anybody that can take this thing out of her head. Either way, we don't know. We don't know what she's going to decide. All we know, all we can, are we supposed to know is what Joel decides. Um, he's us. Um, and to be honest, uh, it's so funny. Okay, because when I played this back in 2013 or maybe early 14, whatever it was, I thought, holy crap, Joel, what are you doing? This is stupid. But now I think I would have done the same thing. And I wouldn't have been able to let them do it. And I'm guessing it's because of what's sleeping upstairs right now. <laughs> I don't know, though. But Ryan. I want to hear your thoughts on this.
4: Uh, I know we were talking about you know him being selfish, but he's been selfish throughout the whole game. This isn't his first time being selfish. Um, one instance that comes to mind is when uh, she runs away because he's trying to pan her off the to Tommy to take her to the Fireflies, uh, and they have to go to they go to the house. They find her at the house on that ranch, upstairs, and he says like, "All right, time to go," and blah blah blah. And he drops, she drops Sarah's name. And he, you know, he flips out on her a little bit and he's just like, you don't want to talk about this right now. We're coming, you know, this is ending right now. And she goes to him and says, you don't think I've lost anybody? You know, I've, you know, I've lost everything. And, you know, she doesn't want him to leave because she, you know, she says, you know, everyone I've come close to or, you know, I've liked has died. And he's the only exception to this cause, you know, to why, you know, no one, he's the only person who has not died or left her. And I I think she says like, and if you leave me, I'll be more scared than ever, you know. And even after that, he still isn't quite there until I believe after they get through that last wave of people before leaving there. Before he decides that, yeah, I'm gonna be the one to take you, not Tommy, to the Fireflies. Um, But he's like that the whole time where she saves him um, and shoots the guy in the head. And you know, he told you know he even goes back to where he's like, if you were would have been, you know. Stand put. This wouldn't have happened. And she's like, "Well, you know, you know what the heck, Joel. You know, you could have said thank you for saving my life or something like that." And mm-hmm. this whole game is basically like that. Where uh, I think he he's against it the first time when Tess is saying, "No, we need to, you know, we need to get this kid there." So he this isn't his first act of being selfish, but it's like I said, um, with Joel, this whole thing it's the story for this is a story of trust. Where eventually, you know, I think they trust each other both times, and he completely. Throws it away at the end, basically, Mm. you know. But uh, I I completely can I think understand because he doesn't want to go through that again. The first you know, with losing Ellie, you know, Mm -hmm. he doesn't. He's already lived this once, losing it. And I think the more rage to it is that he was you know wasn't they weren't talked to that this is the only way. It's just it's automatically happening. You Mm -hmm. don't have a choice against this, you know. Like you can't sit down and talk with her about it. It, They just told him to like no. You're gonna sit in this room and you're gonna behave you know with this guard here, or else you know we're gonna put a bullet in your head and I'm sorry, but this you know this you know this thing's happening as opposed to maybe talking it out or something like that. so I I can I can I think relate to that basically where you know like they kind of lied to your face basically. they didn't tell you like this was going to happen it just happened basically and yeah, especially for him to go through it again, I can understand is is he relatable? No, but I understand Joel. Is as mm. a character, so oh,
2: one hundred percent, yeah. Um, and that's the other thing is, if they're going to force them to do it anyway, you mm-hmm. could have at least asked first and then forced them. <laughs> uh, yeah, um, yeah. It's a tough. It's a tough gray area. Uh, Catherine, what are your thoughts on the end? Do you think uh, that Joel did the right thing?
3: Um, I think I understand his point of view. And I wish I had um, the courage and conviction that Sean and Eric have to say, yes, I would absolutely pick humanity over my own personal interests, Mm. but, you know, knock on wood, none of us will ever be put in that position. (laughs) And I can't even say how I would react. And I'm pretty sure I would be a little bit selfish in that because it takes a very special kind of person to say, yes, I will sacrifice someone else's life Mm. to save the world. Right. Yeah. And it doesn't matter how connected you are to that person. That decision is a big decision. And like you're saying, he was put on the spot to make it. And I think that the knee-jerk reaction is save the person I love. And I think I would do that too. I, And then you can deal with it differently at the end and try to be honest. But I think what Ryan was saying, um, that scene where she you know, she gets she runs away and gets really mad at Joel. That is a turning point in that relationship where he understands the feeling is mutual, right? At that Mm -hmm. point, I love her, she loves me. Mm -hmm. And so then with that understanding, you I, I feel like like maybe you would be able to think in your mind, you know what? She she now like maybe has a hope for surviving in this world because she has someone now. Maybe right. that's something, right? Who knows? But um, it is a little bit harsh, I think, to to judge him saying, I can't believe you didn't kill this little girl to save the world. Yeah, because it's tough.
2: It's, that tough. it's
3: not an easy decision. I, I, You can definitely disagree. And I think we also have to remember this is a video game that they hope they want to be successful and they want to turn right. it into something else. And this is what I hope... Will be the catalyst in Last of Us Two, which will be yeah. exactly dealing with the consequences of this very particular decision, right. right? So, and it feels like, you know, that like you can just start with a very very, um, like this decision, how they deal with it in The Last of Us Two is going to like make some people very happy and make some people very angry probably, and I think then what they do with that could be amazing. Hopefully,
2: that's mm-hmm. my hope. Yeah, I'm well, very curious. How they handle Ellie will be very interesting to see. What were you going to say, Eric? I, I wanted to clarify something because
1: my actual – the, the thing that I found the, the, the most troubling about this was not that Joel saved Ellie. Certainly, that's, that's a profound decision. Mm-hmm. It's that after all was said and done – and this is the part that made me change uh, – adjust my thoughts on Joel – was that when he was confronted directly after the fact – Mm-hmm. When the damage had already been done, when there has to be this trust, and I'm going to agree with with Sean on this one, when there has to be this trust, and she asked him point blank, "Did you tell me the truth?" And he straight up lies. Mm-hmm. That I found to be mm-hmm. the 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 most pivotal decision. Hmm. And I think that's why they ended the game on that conversation. And, and I I think Sean might be right after you, if you are willing to lie to somebody that you supposedly love, and I, we can get into that. If he Mm -hmm. loves this girl, you tell a lie like that. And she finds out that you you did lie when you, you looked her straight in the face and swore. There is no recovery from that. That, I think, is a trust that can never be rebuilt. And so when Catherine's talking about what's going to happen next in the next Last of Us, I want to see what they do with that decision
5: mm-hmm. just
1: as much as I want to see how they deal with the fact that they potentially took this cure away. I want to see how are they going to address the fact that and again, I used the word before and I want to be very literal in my use of it. His <clears throat> absolutely selfish decision. <clears throat> and and I will argue at that point that you now have to question, does he really love her? Because if he's going to tell her a lie like that, I'm not sure he's thinking about her. I think <clears throat> he's thinking about himself. And that's that's not a good that's not a good. So you're thinking,
2: love, right, because that's, he's afraid of losing his daughter again, it's being selfish on his because he could have told her the truth and she may have left him and he's trying to avoid that by being selfish and lying to her yeah and i think yes
1: exactly and i I think that defines his selfishness right there that the fact that he is lying to her Mm. um in that situation so um uh, there's two there's two big decisions there and I, i i think you know they're both they're both integrally tied together but uh, they are kind of different and i can certainly agree with one of them but the other one was the one i found the latter one where he lies i found that to be the more troubling of the two uh to quite honest with you
4: so here's a quick question i guess for the group and maybe this could be answered in last of us too too um mm-hmm. do you think because i i think she was perfectly fine with giving up herself basically for the sake of humanity um but do you think she would been fine with him telling her the truth that i you know, I killed all these people because they lied to me or didn't tell us that we're going to kill you. You know, like, do you think she would have been more accepting about Joel, you know, coming forward and telling the truth that I killed all these people to save no. your life? Because I, or do I you think, think I think she the would truth. have,
0: she may have respected more that he lied to her or that she, that, that why he did it, you know what I mean? What he was thinking. Mm-hmm. Um, she may have understood that, but I, I think 100% she, she is, she would have been mad at him. She would have been angry with him because deep down she I think she would she was set whatever it takes if I can help people I'm not going to be helpless anymore I'm not going to you know if, if I can stop this think of
4: man you just have to think of like it's the it's I think I think she knows it too I well, <laughs> I don't mean to backtrack to Ellie here for a second here Um, but okay. that last chapter he keeps like I don't she keeps stopping and sitting down like on you know like thinking like hey um. There's like a part where you need to get a ladder and you call yep. for her help and she doesn't come over. Yeah, like, like she's, she's accepted
0: like, it at that point. She's 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 already going to die. Yeah, exactly. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I don't. This I don't is pretty think, deep. I, I don't think there's any way she forgives him. I think I think she looks at him and sh- I think she point blank says, how can you pick me over the chance for humanity? How what makes me more important than the children of top? what's what's more important about me than Tommy's kids, or what's more important than me, about any, like anybody else on this planet. Why would you do that? If I can help people, when nobody else can do this, nobody else can do the thing that I can do, I'm the only one. It's the only chance we have. It's been 20 years with nothing. You, you, you just decided that nobody else gets to have that chance. Nobody gets the opportunity to, to see if there is a future for us, because I fucking remind you of your daughter. Are you really that selfish? Oh, yeah, she... <laughs> She, I I would have lost. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so who do you think's at fault? Do you think they should have told him beforehand? Do you think this all could have been avoided if him and Ellie could have sat down and Ellie could have said, "You know what, Joel? They need to kill I mean, me. It, That's fine." For the
0: purposes of the story, I think it was done perfectly. Uh, you know, oh, otherwise we wouldn't 100%. be talking about it, you know? It was done perfectly, yeah. Because of this it, conversation right to here. To <laughs> avoid that, you know, if if, you know, if it's a real-world scenario, you want to avoid that whole conflict, then yeah, Marlene at the head at the, at the start needs to, yeah. needs to tell Ellie you know, I, this is what's going to happen, you know, I'm sorry. And she needs to tell Joel, well, Joel's just a delivery man, so maybe he doesn't need to know what Ellie needs to know. And at some point, Ellie needs to have that conversation with Joel maybe and say, hey, this is what their plan is. But that, I mean, that completely
2: removes the this moment.
0: <laughs> um, yeah. They did it. Yeah.
2: What they did was perfect for storytelling. Yeah, yeah. Unbelievable that we're discussing um, a video game right now. Like, it's crazy to me. Um, and I really think it's because it's a video best. game. We because we we get attached to them. You know what I mean? Like
0: you're playing these characters and you become Joel. Like there are moments mm. when it's like you know I get it. like I have a daughter as well and I'm playing and it's like okay I you know, I feel like I I understand what he's going through right? I get this. So you you become that character. If you're watching a movie, you can you can immerse yourself somewhat in the movie, but you don't get that same sense of I am this character. You know. Uh, mm-hmm. I I didn't go watch Thor Ragnarok and come over there thinking, yeah, you know what? I have those cool hip bones and I can shoot lightning out of my fingers. I didn't think <laughs> Colleen was hoping that, but I didn't think that. And uh, <laughs> um, but with a game, you become that character. So this medium is the only one that you could take this. I mean, this I think this story w- was very cinematic and would be it would be good to watch uh, on a, on a big screen and and enjoy it. But I think you lose that connection. You lose that that visceral feeling of because like, it, it almost feels like I, I remember the first time I played it I felt like I was so angry that they didn't let me have the decision of whether or not Joel lied to her like I that should right. be like how the how can you make that decision for me that's my decision to make you don't get mm. to just decide that I lie to her like mm. you don't get that visceral reaction from somebody if you're watching a movie you know what I mean it's because of the point. fact I that am Joel like I'm that he Joel. took her at all like the fact that he yeah. didn't just leave her yeah, yeah exactly <laughs> like so yeah they And only in video games do you get that. That's, I mean, this game transcends. This is a great bridge between both worlds. Um, But
1: yeah. So, so can we plumb the depths of this a little bit? Because I, I want to. Now, my memory could be wrong on this, but there were only, and I can only think of two. And I, I, so I'm attaching a certain significance to this point. I think there are only two parts in the game where you can control Ellie. One of them happens earlier. But Sean, you're talking about how you've. You've bonded with Joel this whole time, but that very last chapter, you are controlling Ellie. Mm
5: -hmm.
1: You're not controlling Joel at all. So I I don't know what to make of that. I'm not smart enough to make of that. But when I was controlling Ellie at that point, I thought, well, this is interesting. They're they're trying to tell us something here because. Okay. So, I found it interesting that you're controlling Ellie at the end because they're they're trying to tell us something here. So, am I? Does anybody think that they purposely ripped control out from Joel at that point for that very last chapter uh, to have? And all you do is walk through this wooded area, right? And then have this uh, this significant uh, conversation, which is a cut scene anyway. But as you're walking through this little area, you are controlling Ellie. So, what does that mean? Does
4: that mean anything? I, Maybe, maybe part two. Instead of being Joel being the lead, your plays Ellie no more is the most. I guess the maybe the main protagonist. That's maybe mm-hmm. the only thing I can really think of. But, but um,
3: that's also where the DLC comes in, right? Like, no. Are you talking about winter?
4: No, he's talking about the very the last end. scene where you make the decision. <laughs> yeah. You walk with. Oh. Ellie.
3: Oh, okay. Sorry, my my bad. Misunderstood. Mm.
4: Um, the only thing I could think of is because the uh, the first trailer, what they when they revealed Last of Us Two, they showed you know Ellie you know sitting down in this house with blood all over and she's playing a guitar, mm-hmm. and like you know Joel walks in the house and he talks to her and she's like you know I'm gonna kill every one of them, uh, which they like said maybe with leading off with her walking, you know, and seeing that first trailer makes me think that she's older now, that maybe she's the main protagonist of the next game in. Joel okay. is the, the side, you know, the side character, if you will. Yeah, okay.
0: I, I, I think I think Ryan's on the right track there. The, I believe you play that last chapter, for lack of a better word, as Ellie, because Joel's story is over at that point. He's mm. his entire character arc has just come and go, like he's started and he's gone through everything. Yeah, there's nothing left for him, you know? Yeah, uh, right. And right, they, right. they put you in that role of Ellie because you already know that he's lied to her because he lies to her in the car, and you're playing as him then. And I think they put you in that role of Ellie, so that, cause, so you've now, as Joel, you've lied to Ellie, and now they put you in the role of Ellie, and now you're being lied to, and you know it. So you, I mean, you're standing there on the on the, the hilltop, and you're Ellie, and he's lying to you, and you're like, the look on her face says she knows, and you know, so then you sort of uh, feel that you know emotion of, As he's saying to you, no, it's all true, you're screaming at your TV, you fucking liar, you're you're lying, you know, and that's sort of what's going on inside of her head, I think. Yeah. Who knows, maybe the next game she's a homicidal maniac just like him, and they spend the whole game smuggling kids. (laughs) (laughs) All right, yeah. Wow.
3: Um, I'm sorry, I'm just willing to guess okay. that sorry, in Last of Us Two that Joel is likely going to die and he's going to die doing something that will redeem him in both of your eyes. That's likely what will happen is my
0: I don't want him to be redeemed. I like that he's a flawed character. Um mm-hmm. I was angry at that moment. I'm still angry at it. I played through it today and it made me angry again today. Uh, and it's I, I there's no way I would there's no way I would do that. Um, he acts so completely out of what everything that I hold with value, but I do not want them to, I don't want them to try and fix it. I don't want, you know, okay, no, it's glossy and shiny. Everybody can like him now. I want him to be that flawed character.
4: Yeah. I, I, I actually, I agree with you, Sean. I, I love that. It's a little different. I remember a couple of complaints I've heard from the people who actually, who I've talked to about this game, who generally didn't like this game is one of the reasons that they didn't like this game is because they hated Joel and his actions. And I actually (laughs) like it because I actually felt something at the end of that game, basically, with that ending. Yeah. And that was like a lasting impression on me. Uh, not too many things like, like you know, you're like, wow, that was like really, you know, really shitty, you know, like, or, you know, but it's, I think it's great storytelling for how it was. And I don't know, I, making me feel something is like more important than just, oh, let's all be happy or something like that, you know, like sometimes it's okay for something to not be okay, if you will, you know. Agreed.
2: Um, Okay, well, there's a bunch of other characters in the game. (laughs) I barely remember them. Um, Is there anybody that anybody wants to touch on? Uh, Ryan, anybody stick out to you that you wanted to mention?
4: There's a few. Um, Tess, uh, I want to mention. I think Tess was having a relationship with Joel before, Mm -hmm. too. And, I mean, besides being just me and his partner in crime, I think they were actually probably, you know, they probably were a couple, not a married couple. And so when... uh after she, you know, is eventually bit, uh, and she tells, you know, you know, shows, you know, Joel, her bite compared to Ellie's bite, how hers is so much worse and it was only, you know, a few months ago. And Ellie's has been there for three weeks. Um, you know, and like, he's very upset about, he blames Ellie for Tessa's death. Like she goes out in a blaze of glory when it's not her, it was probably Tessa's fault if anything. Cause no one, number one, she took on the job and two mm-hmm. what's it called. She got herself bit. Um, and, it's like I said. So, I think there's a little bit of relationship there for that story. Uh, it, granted, it's very small, but um, generally, like you said, like I think every man so far, when you're with Tess, like has respect for Tess. Like everyone knows not to mess with her too. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, like I, I don't know, just a little small bit of her. Basically, I thought she was uh, pretty decent of a character. Uh, I also want to mention, uh, besides Nolan North's character, David. Who's like the leader of those like that hunter cannibal group? Yeah. I thought his I thought his performance was fantastic in the game too. Um Yeah, good reflection of what's bad in the world. <laughs> who's surviving. And that's Drake, for anyone who doesn't know who No Nolan North is. Uh yeah. He plays the uh, leader of this cannibal group here. But I don't I don't know if essentially if they just eat cannibal people because they like to eat people, I just think they eat people because they have to survive it's a bad winter. They've mentioned it's been a bad winter for them, basically. So mm. they are probably just eating their dead basically. Uh, mm-hmm. And I also wanted to bring up um, for the, I guess for the part of telling the stories uh, for that, you know, keep going. The story of truth here is uh, the Henry and Sam part, um, which are two other survivors and other, like he's a, a bigger brother and a younger brother. Mm-hmm. Um, and they, you know, they, they kind of take along with you, help each other out. You go through the sewer level with them. Um, And eventually, you know, there's a part in that, too, when they're like, you're trying to climb this fence because there's this machine gun, you know, truck chasing after you guys. Mm -hmm. Uh, And Joel falls down, because I think the ladder breaks or something. Uh, And they just say, sorry, we gotta leave you. We're not, you know, we can't stay by and help you. When Joel is kind of established with Ellie that we don't leave each other. We stick with each other together. Um, Mm -hmm. So that, like, he, you know, Sam and Henry blow his trust right out the door right there. Um, And eventually, uh, uh, that that ends it a little tragically too. a grand, you know, with, um, is it Sa- Sam's the younger brother? So, um, yeah. eventually he gets bit, but doesn't tell anybody. Um, and then that leads, you know, Henry down a dark path too uh, that they run into. But, um, those are like the really, the characters that really stick out to me besides Joel and Ellie. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, those are
2: good calls. Actually. I actually forgot about that whole thing with Henry and Sam, um, yeah, that was pretty dark. <laughs> I want to talk about uh, the STC pod in the room. <laughs> What's
5: um, that? What?
0: So there's a character in this game called Bill. Oh, okay. <laughs> and he's a bit of a hoarder, and he's got long hair, yeah. and he's got a bit of a grumpy, cranky relationship with his partner, <laughs> uh, who's in this <laughs> game is called Frank, but I believe in real life is called Joe. Um, <laughs> and he's got you know his little section of the town all rigged up with bombs and traps, and He's got all these toys and hidden stuff, and you know he's he knows uh, Joel, and Joel shows up, and he's like, "Hey, can you give me a hand?" And he's like, "I'm not helping you." And he's cranky. He's a very eccentric character. He's fantastic, <laughs> and he reminded me almost entirely of our Bill from SDC. Um, mm. And I think because Bill, when he finds out that Frank has passed away, I think he was as upset as, as our Bill would be if Joe.
2: Right? Wasn't um, Bill and Frank like a romantically involved couple though? Just, just like Bill and Joe. Yep.
5: <laughs> <laughs> What's your point?
0: <laughs> Um, and, the, and the other one is Tommy. Tommy's uh, Joel's younger brother. Uh, I have two major weaknesses when it comes to uh, video games and, um, and what will trigger me to weep uncontrollably. Uh, <laughs> and they are uh, death to siblings or death to animals. Um, the sibling attachment, obviously, because of you. So every time Tommy was on screen, uh, I became incredibly nervous thinking he was going to die. Uh, so glad gonna... he made it out alive.
2: Yeah, me too. <laughs> <laughs> I thought he, I thought he was going to die for sure. Okay, cool. Well, I guess we pretty much covered it. Catherine or Eric? Was there any other guys you wanted to mention or gals?
3: That covers almost everyone. I think. I think so. Yeah. But I'm wondering of the surviving ones, mm. who, if they will decide to bring any of them back mm. in Last of Us Two, and I don't know if it's a good idea. Yeah. But um it would be fun to see bill having survived to the mm-hmm. next one but it, it it's a little bit further into the future right like how how much older do you think ellie is in the in the trailer
2: i not say no what more than i don't know ten ten 10 years maybe 15 at the most yeah I, I think yeah, she's I
4: 14 know. in this game um yeah. i don't want to say it, at least probably four years at the most four you know you know, minimum, at least four years, I would say. Uh, yeah. Minimum. She like, Yeah. doesn't like, like much older. Plus, I don't know how much older you can go, go with Joel um, right. as a character. Well, cause he's, get, he's. they've
2: get, been talking about how Joel might be dead
4: in the sequel. Well, no, he's in the trailer.
2: Yeah. They're thinking she might be the only one that can see him. She She's talking to him. It's just his spirit kind of thing. That's mm-hmm. a rumor. I, I don't know if that's, you know, none of that's confirmed.
4: Because I, I, imagine, I imagine he's got to be in his 50s in the first of the first game. So I imagine they probably don't want him to be like a 60 year old, you know, or, you know, <laughs> yeah. 70 year old Joel, you know, so. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Uh, anyway, I am curious to see how they handle the uh, the time lapse and if they will bring anybody back. OK, um, well, we're, we're quite a ways in and we've really not talked about the gameplay. Was there anything else story wise anybody wanted to cover before we got into gameplay?
3: I'm just going to say like really really quickly cuz uh, P1 was talking about how it's a very cinematic experience that uh, did any of you watch um One Night Live have you yeah I'm sure Ryan would have <laughs> would have seen that I have but not. they actually yeah, I started um, they, it. They pared down the story to just mostly um, Ellie and Joel stuff, and they performed it with the voice actors live on stage and streamed oh, it cool. live. Um, and then they had, like, the composer play a few pieces and stuff. And it's a – like, it was a really it's – a, it's a very shortened version because it was only an hour long, but um, it just kind of shows how strong the – the performances were because it also worked really well as these sort of little vignettes that they strung together for a live audience um and i think that's yeah. kind of telling of the the strength of the storytelling itself i really have to watch that does it cover the whole game start to finish yeah no, it's it's only pieces that are mostly uh, just with ellie and joel they mm-hmm. tess is in there pieces with tess but they they kind of cherry picked certain scenes okay. that work the best on this on on screen and they had okay. the actual voice actors come in with very little um practice time so it was a, a pretty raw performance mm-hmm. um yeah it, it's it's fun i kind of rewatched Ooh. it kind of leading was up to this, this
2: uh done while they were filming or recording for the the actual game or was this all done afterwards
4: around after. e3 i won't say it was after because it was right after the ps4 version got released and i think it was oh, right okay. around e3 um Or maybe it was PlayStation Experience. It probably was around PlayStation Experience, I think, is when it took place.
2: That's so cool. Okay, cool. Okay, well, uh, anything else story-wise before we uh, get into gameplay then? I think we uh, pretty much covered most of it. So with that said, let's talk about uh, playing the game. We talked a lot about experiencing the the story. Let's talk about how you actually play. Um, Eric, why don't you uh, sum up the combat. What did you think of the combat?
1: Well, I I thought the combat was just about my speed. Now I, I played the game on normal, um, and I like this. And i I'm, I guess I was kind of reminded of uh, uh, Wolfenstein too, at least uh, in terms of the stealth. The stealth was just about at my skill level, where I felt that they were probably being very um, very forgiving. But I, I felt very stealthy. I was able to actually pull off some of the, the stealth encounters. And I normally don't like stealth. Like I'm thinking back to Metal Gear Solid or something where there's no way I could ever sneak up on anybody in that game. Even though they have the cones that tell you exactly where they're – I still couldn't do it. But in this game, you, you can definitely do it. So um, uh, I'm trying to remember uh, – the shooting mechanics i you know I, I really liked the bow and arrow that was good I, I, of yeah. course cuz it has the target i mean it has the reticle right you know and the arc it shows you and so i, I enjoyed the combat overall um I, I i i used stealth when i could and uh, i thought that was an integral part of the game and uh, mm-hmm. the weapons you know i had certain weapons that i like to use and and uh, i found ammo to be fairly plentiful um and crap, you know, I'm, I'm getting into the whole thing, I guess. But I I, I definitely yeah. enjoyed the <laughs> gameplay. I, I really enjoyed it all around. It was just at my my speed. Um, awesome.
2: Yeah. Right on. Yeah, see, I was never a uh, uh, third-person shooter kind of guy. I was never good at them. I remember starting this game on normal, and I had to switch it to easy because not that good at it. <laughs> uh, shooting in general is just not my thing. Um, so it's commendable that you guys all played it on normal. Um, Ryan, what did you think about the combat?
3: Not all of us. I played oh, on Kathy easy. I That's played on girl. easy, but you two wimps. <laughs> I'm terrible at games. But you know what, there is a casual, <laughs> I think. There's there's casual, which has like no combat and it just allows you to play through the story. So oh, I don't know if I don't know if they introduced that for the remastered. I don't know if it was in the original, but I think there is like an easier than easy level. So it was. we were not the wimpiest. A little
2: better. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, because Ryan had mentioned the survival horror aspects earlier. And when you drop it to easy, you do lose that. So I'm happy he didn't have to do that so he could experience it the way he wanted to. Um, But Ryan, what did you think of the combat?
4: Uh, I love it. Um, Now... Sean mentioned something earlier that I guess E3 they promised a lot of things. Um, Showed that, a live you know, you could... demo. Anyways, <laughs> hey, I'm just gonna say that I played the game the way I wanted to play, and by that I means I could I could actually do stuff like I think you're describing. So I'll give you an example. Um, so uh, either it could be either be a clicker or a hunter being chased, you know chasing you down. I could be hiding behind a wall with a brick in my hand. Um, as opposed to just going there, guns blazing, uh, wait for a guy to pass and then smash the brick or a bottle in the guy's face and then choke him out, which will distract. If they spot you, you know, front you know front and face, before they can say a word, you can hit him with a bottle or, or a brick, stun him, and then you can go behind him and choke him out. Or I would do, uh, or I would craft either the Molotovs or uh, the the bombs. If there's a giant group of, um, let's say like there's a bloater around mm-hmm. with a, a giant yeah. group of, you know, clickers around, I would have my Molotov ready, throw it at them, as opposed to firing a gun and having everyone chasing after you. Um, yeah. The Molotovs would, are great. Or I throw yeah. a bottle against the wall and see everyone go this way. There's times where I want to say there was a part where in Pittsburgh, when, right when you encounter some a group of the people, or it's just you and Ellie, um, where they come down, they start walking and spraying around. I was able to not even kill. I didn't have to kill everyone at this point in the game. I kind I kind of wanted to see if I can make it through this game with not trying to kill as many people. There's a lot of times where they will force you into it, where you have no choice to to kill people. But there's times where I was able just to sneak around and not even have to worry about killing people. Um, so I, there's a lot. Of, I played this game the way I liked, and I agree with you, Eric. There is a little bit more, I think, a uh, uh, little bit more. Uh, makes it a little bit easier with the stealth in this game. Um, I do agree with you. I like the uh, bow and arrow a lot. I was a little rusty at, at first with it. Um, It's not like it is in Tomb Raider. I think Tomb Raider, it's a little bit more, you know, quick and everything. Where this one's got more of an arc shot where you kind of have to almost like plan it, you know, you know, to, to try to line it up in there. I know there's a – it makes it a little bit easier when you start – there's a chapter in there in, in, called Winter where you take over as Ellie. And they kind of, I think, give you like a, a brief training course with you hunting a deer, you know, kind of mm. – to get you a little bit more acquainted to using to it. And it's great because, you know, it's great. It's quiet. You can take people out or clickers out without, you know, creating a whole bunch of noise. Um, or even if you shoot an arrow past them, like the clicker will look in the other direction because the arrow went past them. So, okay. um, I mean, I, cool. I generally, I, like, as a fan of third person shooters yeah. or you know, this one, I, this was right in my wheelhouse. So
2: well, while I was trying to play, I was thinking, I bet you if I was good at this, this would, be, this would be amazing. There's so many things you could do. You could tap on the ground and stuff to attract attention. Noise plays a big factor in this game. Um, there was a lot of cool things like that that, uh, that I wish I was able to capitalize on, and, and I can definitely appreciate for
4: being in the game. I also used uh, the PlayStation headphones with it, too. So I, it's really great for, like, really, you know, stealth moments where you can hear. I mean, you always do the, I guess, the Batman vision, if you will, where you, you hold down, is it L1, where right. you can hear behind the walls. Right. So you can kind of try to plan out your your lineup. Now, I'm not going to say I didn't die because I died a ton because there's a part in time where I mess up and I'm like, no, because I want to do this correctly. <laughs> uh, as opposed to just, you know, me giving, you know, rushing through. I, I want to do it maybe a certain way. A s- certain times I want to do it a certain way. Sometimes I want to do guns blazing. Sometimes I, I want to do stealth. Yeah. Um, so I had to accept my faith a couple times of dying and just redoing the part I was at. So mm-hmm.
1: There were mm-hmm. times where I just redid it like I did it. And I did a section, and I'm like, you know what? I want to try that again a different way, or I want to, I want mm. to try a little more stealthy, save my ammo, and do it. So, I almost never do that. I hate going back. You know, that's. Uh, but I, uh, I, uh, I, I enjoyed the combat enough, and the options they gave you to to try some things again and see how mm. it, how it went. And like Ryan said too, there were times where it's like, you know what? These are humans. I'm mm. going to see if I can leave them, leave them be. If they don't mess with me, I'm not going to mess with them. Let me see if mm-hmm. I can just sneak by. So Fair I enough. really liked the options that the game provided.
2: Hmm. Yeah, there definitely was a lot of uh, a lot of different options. Um, Catherine in here. No, I'm going next. Catherine. <laughs> I go know last. you're raring to go. <laughs> that's why I jumped to Catherine.
0: Um, no,
3: go ahead. Go ahead, Sean. You okay, are, right. So yeah, you're there turning. are a lot of. I don't want you to turn any more red. Thank you. Oh, that's the mute button. Um, <laughs> uh, there are
0: a lot of options. I agree, uh, and I like a lot of the options that they give you. Uh, you guys now have. Of both mentioned being able to sneak past enemies and not have to fight them. I'd love to know what levels those are because uh, I have not found an, at a single level where I can sneak through the clickers or sneak past the enemies and then not have to go back and kill them all. I, found I can give you another example if you like. Them. Um, And I'm glad you brought up Pittsburgh, because Pittsburgh is actually the demo they showed at E3 2013 where all of the lies happened, where one of the guys came running into the room, one of the enemies came running into the room with a baseball bat, which if you've played this game, you've seen it happen, because any enemy who has only a baseball bat in this game runs straight down the hallway at you with the bat raised to swing it at you. So in the demo that they showed at E3 2013, this guy comes running in with a baseball bat, Joel pulls out a gun. He sees Joel has a gun, which is better than his bat. He stops, he turns, and he runs out of the room. That doesn't happen at all in the game. At no point does any weapon that you have affect how they act. They all act the exact same way. All, so they touted, they came on stage, Neil Druckmann came on stage at that E3 and said, this is the most advanced AI in any game ever. And then they came out and they released Uncharted 2. <laughs> that's what they did. So none of none of that happens. There's no, if you watch this demo there's three there's three uh, takedowns used in this demo that Joel uses that are based on counters to attacks from the enemies that you cannot do in the game, that do not happen. So oh, really? they made all of these grand, pro- so I'm watching this demo and I'm like, this is like a real game in the demo they tell you, you can stealth you can sneak, you don't have to fight them if you want You can, but you can't, you can sneakily kill them, you can quietly kill them, you can choke them all out which, by the way, uh, yes, I agree, Eric, that it is nice, that it is uh, easy, but I can show you situations where a guy is walking beside another guy, I grab the guy behind him and choke him out, and that makes sound, and the other guy keeps walking. I've also had situations where I've thrown one of the bombs. I love, I love the crafted materials in this game. I use a lot of them. I'll throw one of those bomb uh, cans. One guy I'll walk over to. It. Hey, I heard something over here. You'll see three guys walk over to it the guy first guy will get there it'll blow up it'll kill him the other three guys will be like what's that they'll run over to his body then I'll throw a bottle <laughs> past them and they all go what was that and they run over to the bottle <laughs> or I'll throw another one of those bombs right in front of them and they'll see it and they'll go what's that and they'll run up to it and it blows it's the it's the it's the most generic most it's the dumbest ai i've ever seen uh, and this was on <laughs> normal you played it on hard i put oh. it on normal so i said you know what if, if there's no hope of seeing if I can beat it and sneak through them, because you can't, because you have to fucking kill them anyway, um, there's one time when I didn't have to kill everybody and it was in the last stage. Three fireflies ran past me and I went through the doorway. That was the only time, because uh, there's the scene with Henry and Sam where it's, let's sneak up to that gate. Well, you sneak to that gate, but if you didn't kill every guard on the way, you get to the gate and then all the guards come running to the gate. There's the room with the clickers when it's you and Tess and Ellie, and you can sneak through there and get to the spot you have to go. But if you don't kill all the clickers, they all come running, then they kill you. So, yeah, you can sneak, sure, but you can't sneak through this game. You can can stealthily kill everybody if you don't want to shoot. But at that point when I realize it doesn't matter what I do, I have to fucking kill everyone anyway, I'm going to drop it down to easy, and I'm just going to dump shotguns into people. (laughs) It's the most generic, boring... Third-person shooter combat I've ever played, with the exception of the crafting, which is a lot what? of fun. I like lighting people on fire. And yeah, I don't, I don't
3: think, I don't think that you stealth right. Damn. I, that's what it. Like, <laughs> on, no, but but, I, it's kind of a joke. But also at the same time, the stealth is very slow. So the way to get by without doing it is you can stealth. You can move quickly and stealth, but that makes noise. But if you because there's the run and the walk. So if you are walking and stealthing, it is painstakingly slow, but it doesn't trigger stuff, right? So no, but you can't I,
0: it, you can't beat that stage that section. You I, no. I I'm telling you, I love the stealth. I I don't walk in standing. I walk in crouch, and I go slow and I take my time. And then you get to the end of that stage where you have to hit triangle to climb that wall, or you have to go out that door. And if not, everybody's dead. They all come running to where you're at.
3: Yeah. Uh, I'm Every I'm not going to speak to I'm not going to speak to my experience but my obsession with this game when it first came out was such that I watched a ton of it on YouTube. I watched people stream it and I did it for years. Like I watched people and there is a a live streamer who just does survival horror named Lord Rage who plays Last of Us on the hardest mode which i think maybe is survival um whatever the hardest mode is and you have mm-hmm. like almost no ammo and he's a speedrunner as well so he plays the game in about 6 hours on the hardest mode and mm-hmm. it has to be under 20 deaths i think for it to count for him for whatever his record is wow. and i and i know from watching him that he doesn't have enough ammo enough shivs or whatever to kill every single one. And I watch him stealth through certain areas, but it doesn't, it does involve shortcuts. It does, it does involve knowing the map well enough to be able to skip certain areas and not trigger them. And I think Mm -hmm. maybe there is something built into it where if you walk and, and trigger one person from this area, it triggers all of them so that if you don't kill them and you move to the next area, they are aware of your presence. Maybe mm-hmm. it's something like that. I don't know enough about how the game is built or designed, but I've seen it happen. I'm not saying that I've been able to do it, but <laughs> I just know because the survival mode itself is he has very little resources and he basically has to use as much as possible to make um, health packs. That's
2: mm-hmm.
3: kind of the So you couldn't
2: kill them all, in. even if you wanted to, in, in that mode kind of thing.
3: Yeah. The, and they're a lot harder to kill, too. And there's only certain things that do the one-shot kill. Like, you probably need to get headshots and things like mm. that. And I actually think that the bow and arrow is really important because you can recoup some of the arrows that way. Right. The ones that don't break. So right. that becomes a really important weapon.
2: Mm. Makes sense. Okay.
3: That's all I'm going to say, but, I mean, your experience sounds like it was awful, like you couldn't get past certain areas, and that's what you really felt like. But I, I feel on like easy. maybe, no, <laughs> it's not normal, but I think maybe the <laughs> the game maybe does how offer. You,
2: how did you play, Catherine? What was your uh, play style?
3: I was, on, I played on easy, I think. So, I Miles played a lot, a lot, a lot of the multiplayer um and i watched and i watch it all the time because it's one of the best um multiplayer add-ons like I've heard that, that. that version it is incredible because it also is like a mini game it's not just that you're playing four on four you are you have you start with a little clan of like five people and it's just it's represented in a little petri dish and you see the little dots running around and then like you have yeah. to so the there's a theme to the multiplayer you have to go out scavenging for food and you have to get enough so that your people don't die but the more food that you get back the more people you have in your clan and so you're trying to it, it, plays over 12 weeks, seven days and you have little missions and things and there are missions like forced missions where you will lose at least 20% of your population and you're just trying not to like lose everyone and stuff. So I watched a lot of that and there's a lot of crafting and things like that and the bow and arrow um, Miles played with that a lot. So I actually favored the bow and arrow because Mm -hmm. it also does give you time to aim and that's the thing that I'm the worst at because it's quiet. You can take your time, you can line it up, so, and you can see where it's going to go, and you can take very careful shots that way. I'm not very – I don't play – this is, like, the only game like this I've played. Um, I've played a little bit of Fallout 4, but that's that's about it. Um, mm. So I'm not good at these types of games. And so something – anything that kind of gives you a little bit of an advantage that way, that's, that's how I prefer. And then Molotov cocktails. <laughs> that's yeah. pretty much how you get out of a pinch.
2: So. Yeah. That, that pretty much sums up how I played, too, actually. Uh, a lot of Molotov cocktails, and uh, I think I just used the hang guy mostly, but I should have used the bow now, by the sounds of things.
3: <laughs> it's just quiet, right. too. You don't attract attention and stuff, yeah. so
2: it,
3: it's yeah, a I, slight advantage.
2: I just, uh, I wish I had the skill. I wish I had uh, the Ryan or, or Eric third-person shooter skills uh, someday, maybe, someday.
4: Um... I okay, want to say I want a little rebuttal to Sean here. I can give you another example, Sean. Uh, this wasn't a stealth one. I can tell you that, you know, that part in the elevator where I think you help Ellie get up, you get separated because the elevator drops with Joel. Um, so you're by yourself and you're in this basement and there's, you know, there's water and everything. You got to turn, I think maybe there's no water, but you have to turn the generator back on so the door can open. Um, and as soon as you turn the generator on, they drop a bloater and a whole bunch of clickers in there. Um, but because it's dark... And um, it took a couple deaths, but I eventually found a way without having to kill everyone in the room. Eventually, if you ran to the wall and you ran to the right of the wall, there's a stairs. You could take the stairs up and take the left and then there's the door. You don't have to kill everyone. So there's another example for you. Uh, I know rebuttal. I think I did say not every scene will let you get away with not killing everybody. There's definitely times when you have to fight people Uh, like that. That scene when you're with Nolan North, you're Ellie and they drop they put you in a small room and they just keep throwing clickers and blowers at you. But there's a lot of supplies in there. Um, So like you can keep making your Molotovs or you can make your, your bombs. Um, Eventually you kind of got to keep getting each other's little back. Uh, So there's definitely times where you have no choice but to kill. Um, But um, there's definitely times where, you know, you you can get by it's just how much patience do you have and like how much of a psychopath are you i guess if you will you know
0: <laughs> oh. so i look well, forward to your stream
4: tomorrow with all of your stealth moves <laughs> oh. okay, the, the I, ps4 can stream to twitch I, sure you know but can. i wonder yeah. if we can go to chapters and i'll make it pull some more chapters here for you um <laughs> i can't wait to see you stream through all these stages go that one uh
0: with the le tests and uh The clickers in the basement uh go through and show me where the triangle is without all the clickers being dead (laughs) because the public doesn't exist
2: before do it Uh. i I said not every scene not every scene you know if there's as soon as there's one there might as well be none (laughs) so i'm hearing a lot of love for the crafting eric what did you think of the crafting
1: oh i loved it uh You know, in in spite of your earlier flattery about how good I am at shooting, which I am not, I think (laughs) Sean can attest anybody who's played Overwatch, uh, the crafting is probably what saved me, you know. So I spent uh, a great deal of time, uh, you know, trying to explore every nook and cranny. I quickly gave up trying to find some of the collectibles because I I knew I had missed some. But I I made darn sure that I had shivs so that I could get uh, shiv doors open so that I could get the – get all the – The tape and the alcohol and the sugar and everything that you needed so that I could craft the health kits and craft – I loved the Molotov cocktails. Um, uh, What else was there? Um, I didn't use the smoke bombs a lot, but I made darn sure, and I was actually disappointed. I don't know if – I'm sure you guys ran into this, but you could only hold three of each item.
5: Mm.
1: So I would like craft something, and then there would be like tape or something, and I couldn't pick it up, and I'd be like, okay, well, I need to make something with the tape so that I can pick up more tape and try to – Keep my inventory as full as possible and not leave anything behind. So, I loved the crafting and I loved the. Um, this is related. I loved the uh, the workbenches where you could you know upgrade your um, upgrade your ammo. Uh, excuse me, upgrade your weapons. Oh yeah, and uh, you could upgrade your own uh, with the with the pills. Uh, one of the first things I think Ryan mentioned the uh, the hearing. It was sort of like the Batman sonar. It was mm-hmm. I almost thought they were going to do something with that because he had like super like sonar almost. I'm like <laughs> that's not a human skill, but but um, I upgraded. So yeah, I loved upgrading my weapons and upgrading Joel and upgrading uh, crafting all that stuff. So I, I spent yeah. a great deal of time searching around for that stuff so I could uh, always have those items to save my my neck. Absolutely agreed.
3: Well
2: said. It definitely made looking around a lot more fun too.
3: I'm just gonna say when when I watched yeah. Miles play, so he played on PS3 when it first came out, mm-hmm. and he would craft everything. He would like upgrade his weapons and everything like that. He had no clue that you could upgrade Joel's abilities, and oh, so no. he played on normal almost way almost all the way to the end. So it was like maybe the second last chapter before he even he's like he had. So many pills. And he was just like, "Why am I collecting these pills? I don't do anything with them." <laughs> and I was just like, "He's not the he's not the best at these types of games either." And I was like, actually, really impressed. I was like, "Oh my god, this game <laughs> could have been so much easier if you could just that's hear funny. better or something." So, yeah, that's like um, retro <laughs>
1: pixel.
3: Not <knowing> I benefited.
2: you <laughs> <that> his <serious> party, <laughs> right?
3: right. having watched him So I knew to do that. So good. Nice. Yeah, I love that.
2: That's great. That's like. Playing Zelda and not picking up the heart containers it's like, you know what? No, nah, I don't. I don't know what that is. <laughs> just gonna leave that there. I don't need any hearts. Um, well, Miles is uh just actually really good at games. It
3: turns out. <laughs> oh no, he's <laughs> terrible. He'd be the first <laughs> one to say it too. No way! No way! I don't, uh, you I can won't... ask P one. They were playing Sea of Thieves, and he was really he's, bad.
0: He's really good at Treasure Pirates. He's very We like <laughs> we, uh, we were doing like a quick head count. It was we were just three of us. We were going up against another guy. and We were like it's three versus one at most. There's two people in that boat. We could take them. And he was like, I'm like a minus
2: one. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. All right, cool. Um, was there anything else gameplay wise anybody wanted to touch on before we moved on?
4: Um, uh, I was to say bringing back the pills or the supplements. I believe they're called yeah. in the game. Um one of them I believe is that you can knock away weapons from, from someone's coming at you or they're surprised and they have a weapon like a bat or a bar or something. You can knock it away or their gun. You can knock it away. But that's one of the last, like it requires a lot of pills. And to me, like that one is less to help you survive through the game. When I think something more like the sonar bumping Mm -hmm. up right away, um, is more, more evident or makes it a little bit more. Yeah. Um, so I did that one the most. I think there's, I don't know if there was another one. I, I I'm I'm drawing a blank on. Um, but uh, I did like use. I did use all three of the weapons. I did like the smoke bombs too. That was great. If you were surrounded, you had no choice to fight people. Like so that scene that Sean brought up where you there you're right by the um, it's at night. You're with Henry and Sam, and um and Ellie, and like they have the light on you. Uh, or over they keep going back and forth and there's lots of guys and eventually um it comes to a point where you're gonna have to fight these people like if there's are a giant group and you're trying to get by them, throw the smoke bomb down and like none of them will be able to see you can still like you know choke someone up from behind because they can't see anything in front of them so you're able to walk right past them all um
0: it's so effective they don't even mention there's a giant smoke bomb suddenly in the midst of them no, they, they just cough
4: because they they're going, <coughs> there's, all this, there's all this smoke I'm breathing in. They can't see. they you know, tearing up, so it's, you know... Great, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Great AI. I mean, like, why would yeah, they say, 13. oh, there's a smoke here when they'd be breathing in? You know, I guess, you oh,
2: know. You guys are adorable. Um,
4: <laughs> yeah.
2: Yeah. <laughs> I forgot where we were going with that. Um, yeah, I definitely didn't use any smoke bombs, but I could see where there would be benefit. If I had more yeah. skills, I, w- I would have used smoke bombs. Crafting is great, man. I love it. I love it.
0: Yeah, Molotov yeah, cocktails. Gonna, yeah. Put a man near yeah. a fire, he's warm for a day. Light a man
4: on fire, he's warm <laughs> for the rest of his life.
0: His
3: oh. those, very, those... very short life.
4: Those oh, Molotovs are... will take out the bloaters right away. Oh, you yeah. Like, yeah. They don't, they don't have to worry they're about fighting. So they're, they're key for that. And they burn mention, long enough
0: yeah. that if if what you hit screams loud enough, it'll bring other ones into the blast radius and they'll catch on fire. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Right. The yeah. flamethrower uh, fact, weapon. You cannot light Ellie on fire with them.
3: Go <laughs> <Is> that- <laughs> <laughs> creepy. I All I right. really liked um sorry, I really liked oh, yeah. upgrading your melee weapons like if you had a, a piece of wood and then adding nails yeah. to it because that was yeah. a really good kind of get out of jail free thing where if something comes up to you it's a, it's an automatic down. So I found that that was like really useful and that was something that I always prioritized if I didn't have like a metal one that had like multiple hits in it that the nail on the board, which or a baseball bat or whatever. He's got a board was... with a nail on it. Run. <laughs> <laughs> right. They're very effective.
0: Yeah. Yeah. How did you guys kill mainly, but... or did you kill, I guess,
4: uh the surgeons in the last room.
0: Uh-huh. That was a question I
4: wanted to ask the group too. <laughs> kill all three. They all deserve oh, yeah. to die. They all I... lie to you. They all so, deserve to die.
0: Yeah, I mm-hmm. shot the when I when I opened the door, the one that was closest to me, I shot him twice in the chest. Then the guy runs to one wall and he's like panicking and reaching for something, and the girl's like, "He's an animal! He's an animal!" So I grabbed the guy's face and smashed it into the wall until it didn't exist. <laughs> and then she falls down into the fetal position and covers herself. And then I went over to her uh, and I, I I booted her in the face and she died. Jeez! <laughs> oh my god! Did
1: anybody not? I didn't kill them. I le- I real. I I didn't. As soon as I realized you didn't have to kill them,
4: you didn't. Like I, I missed the prompt said- on Ellie. The doctor's and got the 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 scalpel, I think, right? Actually, you don't have to kill him. I only killed one of them, and
1: then the other two were cowering against the wall. And right. I walked over to Ellie, and there was a prompt, and I'm like, "Well, let's see what happens." And mm-hmm. so I walked up to them, and they were they were cowering and whatever. And so I just I was kind of walking around the room real slow, like a punk. And then <laughs> I uh, I went over to Ellie, and there was a prompt, so I just picked her, you know, I picked her up, and I didn't have to kill them, so I I left them.
2: Did yeah, he, he did that too and then decided he wanted to go back and then he did the thing <laughs> oh, put is that Ellie, right? I put Ellie back down on the table and I was like just
0: one <laughs> <second.">
3: <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh when um, Lord Rage finishes the game he just unloads any any ammo that he has left in, uh, into them <laughs> just to cause it's so rare that he has ammo. So it's kind of like him showing you how much he had left, but it's, it's very satisfying to watch <laughs> victory celebration.
4: Yeah. For this play through, I pulled out the flamethrower and I torched all. Oh of them.
5: yeah. Oh, my goodness.
4: oh, that's good. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, that's actually, I, that was probably my least used weapon out of all of them. Not that I didn't hate it. It's just that honestly, I felt myself using like the bow and maybe, maybe like a handgun more than anything. Um, but then I had all this extra, you know, flamethrower ammo, and they like said, uh, I, "All
3: I those forget. people." Sorry, do you move really slow with the flamethrower? Yeah. Is it heavy? I can't. I felt like I can't remember if it's this game, I but don't remember.
4: I just um, walked up to him and hold the trigger. So
3: yeah, a <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. <Just> lot. <laughs> oh, okay. It takes him down so fast. Nice.
1: It was great. Yeah, you and can't get too loaders. close, but
2: Bloaters, Yeah. Okay. Well. I think that's pretty much the gameplay. I think this sums up how you play the game. Uh, let's get into the sound. Does anybody remember Does any of the tracks stand out to you? Uh, I thought the voice acting was fantastic, at least. Um, how about you, Catherine? What did you think about the sound overall?
3: Um, I think the music is really nice in it. Um I forget the name of the composer, but he's doing the music for the second game as well, um, and it's just very haunting and beautiful. So I feel like even just even just firing up the game, you know, what sound I really like though is just the sound of selecting things in the menu. It has that like kind of like a resonant sound. I don't want to like try to mimic it, but it just kind of goes. Wook. Well, please do. Like yeah. <laughs> 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 it has this weird like. I don't know I like what it is, too. but that sound <laughs> and and like. You know, like because Miles used to play the game a lot, and i I could hear him fire it up. and I, whenever I'd hear that sound, I'd like come and start watching because I know mm. he'd be firing up the multiplayer or whatever. But um it, I don't know, just that sound to me, like every time I hear, it, I should probably put it as like my notification sound or something right now. I, I have the PlayStation trophy sound on my phone, but oh, that one nice. would be, that one would be pretty fun to have. Um, and the voice acting, I think is is really great. um is is it Ashley Johnson who is? Is that her name? Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was, it was probably the first time I had seen her. I don't know if you know this, but she was um, a child actress and she was yeah. in growing teens, right? Yeah. Like she was, oh, I didn't you know, know you know, when they jump the shark and they always bring in a kid to like, try <laughs> to revive all those shows from the nineties. Like when it, they, the ratings started tanking, they'd bring in a new kid. <laughs> and so she was yeah. the, the surprise child that they had. And they weren't expecting, but I was just like, oh, my God, it's Chrissy. <laughs> Chrissy Siever. <laughs> yeah, I knew that. Wow. Yeah. But she's, she's really, really also. convincing. Yeah, yeah, she is. That's right. Um, she's she's just really convincing. I found that um, you you really get to see how talented she is if you watch that live show, I think.
2: Yeah, I'm looking forward to that as well. I might, might even make you more invest, invested in the characters. Um, OK, cool. What did uh, Eric, what did you think about the sound? throughout the game
1: well i think i'm going to say what i what i often say which is i have no memory of the sound mm. which means it uh i think it was probably perfect uh, there, there's nothing in it that I, I remember you know there wasn't a tune or something that i found that i enjoyed like oh i'm going to listen to this so i, I must think that the sound was was probably perfectly suited to the type of game because i don't really remember it um, yeah was there music in this game or was it all just uh yeah, I, I got to tell you, I got to plead ignorance. I don't even remember it, so it must have been just fine from my my perspective. Nothing off-putting, at least. That's that's. No, not exactly. And and Which, the sound uh, effects and the voice acting. I will say the voice acting is tremendous, and it's it's critically important for a game like this. So the yeah. sound effects and the voice acting were were perfect. I okay, would right I don't say that.
2: Right
4: on, uh, Ryan. How about you? Um, the clicker sound. I'm not going to forget about. That, oh, clicker, yeah. that one definitely stands out to me like you know i can't do that voice but uh no, that's pretty close uh, yeah um like it is like a clicking sound but it's yeah. it's definitely where you're like okay when you, you start walking by and you hear it like okay time to you know press the uh the the batman vision button to mm-hmm. see where see yeah to see where we're at here see where <laughs> everyone's lining up um there there is that guitar strum that always stands out to me from the opening menu and the, the wind blowing i, I maybe there's just more environment, kind of that uh, Breath of the Wild feel where you you, you may just hear the environment more. Um, mm. There's not like an over overbearing tracks to me, but there's definitely like moments where it's just guitar strumps. Um, mm. And I don't know if, because Ellie does mention, because um, I think Joel plays guitar that she wants to hear him sing and play guitar or something like that. And uh, I know that maybe that's teased a little bit with maybe he actually did it for her because she's playing guitar and, the, sec, the last of us mm-hmm. two trailer but um all right that's uh, for sounds that's the things that stand out to me is that guitarist drum from the opening menu screen and Fair the enough. clicker sounds if you will
2: okay no i forgot about the clicker sounds that, that makes good sense how about uh sean what do you think of the sound i
4: like it uh ryan nailed it.
0: it has a very breath of the wild feel it's unobtrusive it uh it, it's atmospheric you know it's light mm-hmm. and it's there Uh, The main theme is good, you know, just the like guitarist drums every now and then. You don't notice it so much. I think the game makes really good use of of silence.
3: Yeah. And they did
0: it. The voice acting couldn't possibly have been better. Um, I didn't know Ashley Johnson was in the Avengers.
3: She's a waitress, right? Yeah, she has a
1: small part that was cut. She was supposed to have a much bigger part, but she was this waitress at the end of the movie. That they kind of focus on, and I learned later that they focus on her because they were supposed to be a much more important part for her.
0: Oh, interesting. She's also a member of Critical Role with Matt Mercer, uh, where she plays a character in D&D.
1: Oh, cool. Matt Mercer.
0: Yeah, who Hmm. isn't in this game, but uh, we are contractually obligated to mention him every episode. (laughs) Yeah, So,
2: (laughs) (laughs) Why don't you Uh, uh, jump right into graphics, too, then?
0: Uh, this game's gorgeous. My favorite part of this game uh, is just walking around. There are there's a scene where you come across these giraffes, so you can see giraffes throughout the whole game. And there's a mm-hmm. scene where you walk out into, I want to say Colorado, but it might not be Colorado. Um, it's either that or Utah? Utah, I think maybe. Utah, you're I think right. it's... yeah, yeah. Um, and you you walk out and there's these giraffes. You're at a, you know it's, it's an old zoo, and they're walking. And the game is just beautiful and. So so well done. That's all I can say. The game mm. is beautiful. The, the the monsters look good. I, I would have liked maybe a little bit more variety in the clickers. There's really only three types. The runners, the clickers, and the um, spewers, really, the bloated ones. Um, mm. That's it. Yeah. Uh, and as far as the people you fight, I mean, they might as well all be the same, too. It's, they're all scruffy-looking nerf herders. Right. <laughs> so yeah, Still, the game... Enough. The game is, is beautiful, the, and the, the characters, the main characters, all really well-designed
2: really well-done. Well said. Um, yeah, Eric, do you I mirror gonna,
1: those I'm sorry, I was going to ask, did anybody play it both on PS3 and PS4? I, yeah. I, liked, I only played on PS4, so I was curious what, the cha- what, what they had improved, graphics-wise.
0: It didn't look any different. So when I played it on PS3, I remember thinking, man, this game is beautiful, this is gorgeous, this is the best-looking PS3 game I've ever played. And yeah, because of the way that the memory works is when I played it on the PS4, it looked on the PS4 the way that I remember it looking on the PS3. So I'm okay. sure it's a graphical increase because now I have five years of PS4 games and Xbox One games that are this much better, you know, and seeing yeah. how those look. Uh, and this didn't look, this looked the same way. I couldn't I couldn't notice a difference between this and my memory. Had I put them side by side, I'm sure maybe there would have been some, some drop mm. off, but... It, it, yeah, the PS3 game okay. was gorgeous.
3: Miles didn't see a difference either, but he played it the one time and then just played the multiplayer and wasn't really paying that much attention. But because I was so obsessed with it and was watching it for like years, <laughs> when the remastered, when we got our PS4, it had Last of Us on it. And as soon as he turned it on and like just the like every blade of grass, every everything is just really, really crisp and clean looking and it's it's gorgeous it's really you played the better version for sure Nice, okay
4: cool no i've played i've played both versions and i'm gonna echo what sean said like to me in my head it it looks the way i remember it playing on the ps3 and granted it's one of one of the later ps3 games too um where it's like came out right before the ps4 um yeah but the only thing I can maybe think of is and like, this is just maybe is that maybe just slightly runs better. It didn't run bad on the PS three either, but maybe I don't know if it runs at a higher frame rate or something like that, but it really, to me stands. It was beautiful on the PS three and it's beautiful on the PS four. So, um, Hmm.
1: okay so there was one thing i'll mention going i mean going back p2 to sort of the art direction or the that's okay the the graphics is there were a couple of times and i remember the scene uh, uh, that sean is talking about with the giraffes but there were a couple of times in the game where they kind of put you at an elevated position and kind of let you look out across Mm. and um they really made the environments beautiful right i uh, maybe deliberate maybe i'm just reading into it too much but they they really did try to make the world itself beautiful even though you were in this awful situation but um i i do remember those those couple of scenes i mean and, and in fact it almost reminds me of maybe uh the game brothers i, I yeah think it's brothers yeah. where they put benches and you just kind of sit there and you just kind of <laughs> look yeah. and uh, I, I i there were a couple of spots in this game that were like that and they were just just gorgeous uh, gorgeous views very peaceful kind of kind of take you out of the game and or take you out of the the, the nightmare that you're living and just kind of, kind of look around. And uh, so, uh, yeah, it, it was a definitely a beautiful, uh, beautiful game. Yeah. Those think, scenic
2: moments, uh, really stand out. Go ahead, Catherine.
3: Sorry. I was just going to say, I think they also put a lot of care into like the design of, of like closer, like inside the buildings and things like that. I, did you, I don't know if you remember, like, the optional conversations that you could get. Like, from time to time, there would be triangle prompts to talk to Ellie. And -hmm. those were, like, really beautiful moments because it was her reacting to a world that seeing, like, posters for movies or, you know, um, like, even advertisements for the zoo where – this is not in at all in her realm of memory or anything, right? She's only lived in this post-apocalyptic world. So there, those conversation moments I found really beautiful, and they only exist because so much care was put into the details of – everywhere you went, right? So you would have mm-hmm. to find those moments where she's just kind of paused and looking at a movie poster and then walk up to her and trigger those conversations. But it's because they put all that detail everywhere. Like the when I remember the one where she's in the coffee shop and was just like people would just come in here and buy a cup of coffee. Like this is mm-hmm, yeah. how it or <laughs> asking Joel, I don't know if you trigger the one where she asks Joel kind of to to act out what it was like to go to a hotel, like where she's behind the little Little hotel like what happens here like you come in and you ask for a room kind of thing and um and then that's when you yeah. realize like how different ellie's life is she doesn't have a memory of the world that we know and like right. all those little details are so perfect in this game i think
2: right well said yeah wow they, re- they really did a good job of world building no, no doubt about it and i don't I've, i don't think that uh, i've ever seen characters told this well through this sort of a perspective i'm trying to think of especially with the voice acting the the uncharted games uh, you guys have probably all played them uh ryan in comparison to the uncharted games does this hold up better than all of them or uh how would you compare them
4: i want to say that this is probably like still the bar in my opinion. Um, mm-hmm. But the, uh, I want to say Uncharted 2, 3, and 4, I think, are not very far, especially Uncharted 4, I think does it's really close to this with the acting too. Granted, it's the same Troy Baker's in Uncharted 4, uh, Nolan North's in Uncharted 4. Mm-hmm.
2: They had uh, a working team and they knew it. They, they yeah, knew yeah. It was
4: working, yeah. Neil, uh, what's his name, Druckmann? Um, he he knows, I mean, what, he has probably, he knows what, you know, keeps rehiring the same people because he knows what works probably for him. So right what right. is the story he's trying to tell? So, right um, it's pretty close to it, I would say, but I, I, still think this is like the bar for, in my yeah. opinion for,
2: okay, cool. Okay. Well, um, uh, was there anything else graphic wise? I we wanted to cover, I think, uh, we probably said it all. Okay, cool. Well, let's get into our lasting impressions. Then we've pretty much covered the game. Um, uh, this is sort of your chance to give your overall thoughts. Anything lasting that we haven't mentioned that you maybe wanted to throw in there, um. Yeah. Do you think this still holds up? Would you still recommend it to friends? And I'm also kind of curious what you're looking forward to um, in the sequel if you're going to play the sequel. Um, so, uh, Catherine, we'll start with you. What are your lasting impressions?
3: Um. Yeah. I I still love this game. It's still still number one on my list. And I I recommend to anyone who hasn't played it. I I think that it's definitely something worth. Uh, experiencing just for the storytelling for, for things that they did um, like real strides in making people that you connect to and stuff like that. And people that you get angry at for decisions they make because they've succeeded in making you connect with them. The other thing I like about the last of us compared to uncharted, which I also loved watching. I've only played the first uncharted, but I like watching it is that there's, slightly more realism in the way your character moves right you can't just jump from one building to the next you have to walk around find a plank set it down and walk across whereas nathan drake would just fly across and hold on with his fingertips kind of thing right so there's (laughs) just just even just those tiny little things like makes you feels kind of grounds you in that world like yes this is a real struggle like nothing is easy here they're still human they move move like humans they're not they're not superhumans at all and um and it connects you a little bit more to them and i recommend it to everyone who hasn't played it and i probably would tell people who have played it maybe you should play it again Right on. So and still I, your number one, eh? <laughs> yeah, and I can't wait for Last of Us Two. I mean, Ryan, when Ryan was on Flock Talk as their guest, we mm-hmm. we talked about The Last of Us after we finished recording and we were <laughs> talking about The Last of Us Two and how there's no date for it. And and I'm okay with that because I I want them to I want them to do it right and I think that they will. And I would I'm willing to wait as long as it takes for them to put out a game that's as good as this one.
2: Right on. Right on. Yeah, take all the time you need, right?
3: Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. Um, Eric,
2: how about you? What, uh, your, your lasting impressions?
1: Uh, yeah, I, will I'll echo what, what Catherine said. I mean, I,
2: I definitely think the game should
1: be played, uh, by anybody who hasn't yet. Um, I really enjoyed my time with it. Uh, I'm glad, you know, I almost, I, I, you know, I wish I could, you know, I wish I had played it earlier. I don't know know, why I waited Mm. so long. Um, one of the things you asked, at least in the notes here, is you know would would you would you want to play it again? Um, I'm not sure because I think the the most compelling part about this game is the story, and I know the story. Um, mm-hmm. Unless I let me let me let me change it up a little bit. If I were to play it again, I would be going back to play it again for the story, mm-hmm. not the gameplay. I right. love the crafting, I like the shooting, I like the stealth. That's all true, but that's not what's going to draw me back to playing this game. Um, it's gonna be that story. It's gonna be going through and trying to recapture those feelings uh, of that story. Uh, uh, what that felt like to experience that again. Yeah. Um, you also asked what i would I play the sequel? I think it's fair to say that given the the regard that this game has, I was gonna buy the sequel now. So it's me right <laughs> I buy all kinds of stuff. I don't always play it. I was gonna buy the sequel regardless, and uh, I, I have every intention, huh?
0: You just don't no, pre-order. I won't
1: pre-order it. No, I'm probably not going to pre-order it. But I will. I do. I, I mean, this game certainly didn't tell me, make me think I'm not going to play the sequel. I'm. I'm definitely right. very curious. And we mentioned before, I want to see how those two crucial decisions I claim yeah. are going to play out. Um, and I hope they do. I hope they do continue the story of Ellie and Joel. Uh, at least Ellie. Uh, I. I, I kind of want to see what happens with the two of them. So, um, yeah.
2: Well said, well said. Yeah, I'm the same way uh, with, with story-driven games. It takes some time to go by before I would ever go back to it kind of thing. Um, but to relive it is, uh, that's the dream, right? Is be, being able to do it again. So uh, someday, someday. Um, Ryan, how about you? Your overall thoughts.
4: Um, so replaying this game, like I was wondering, because the first time I played this game through and I beat it, I thought to myself, I'm like, this is the best game on the PlayStation 3. Granted, it's probably one of the last games I think like newer that came out on the PS3 that I bought like day one that I bought, and I was to say I think it came out that summer before the PS4 came out. So I was to say like if this is how you end the the PS3, you know what a way to go out. This is probably my favorite game on the PS3, and um, when I first started replaying this game, uh, I didn't know if I felt that way coming back right into it. Um, but I think after I got past. Um, the Pittsburgh levels when it started to come back to me. Um, that's when I'm like, yeah, this you know, okay, this is starting to feel good again. Where I'm like, the first little bit, I'm like, I don't know if it holds up or maybe there's other games on the PS3 that I like more now. But um, no, I still I still really love this game. Um, uh, like I said, for a point in time, I was looking for that Resident Evil fix that I remember. Now, granted, Resident Evils way more goofy. Uh and uh <laughs> if you look back on it, it's you know, fuzzy memories, you know, you know, you, you know, the corny stuff from the games, but um, like I said, it just felt like the next evolution in the game. Um, when the PS3 version came out, um my buddy Mike was a huge Resident Evil fan. We went to high school together. We uh we were huge Resident Evil fans. That was like Resident Evil 2 was one of our favorite games growing up. Um but he's always been a hardcore Xbox guy since the 360. Like he's been only committed. He will not go buy a PlayStation console. <laughs> I don't know why. He just won't do it. His wife's <laughs> even offered to buy him one. He just won't do it. He's like, no, I'm good. I'm fine. Wow. I'm good. So uh, <laughs> when when this game when, when I played it and I beat it, and I told him because he was asking. I was like, it's was it good? Was it good? I'm like, it's fantastic. You have to play this. And he's like, ah, you know, maybe maybe one day. And I I just after I I think the next day I just brought over my PS3 and the game. I was like. You'll beat this in a week, buddy. You know it's only about twelve <laughs> hours long. You, and he, I think two days later, he messaged me. He's like, "Yeah, I beat it." He goes, "I played it two nights straight, all the way oh, through." Nice. And, uh, nice. And he, we and then after that, we had like our own little mini cartridge club thing because <laughs> I was dying to talk with someone about this game. I didn't want to yeah. spoil it for anyone who didn't play this game. I needed to have a sit down conversation with them. So me and him went out to dinner, and what's called like for that whole like dinner, what's called like it was just a conversation about that game, and it was fantastic. Nice. So um oh, that's awesome. Yeah, so it, <laughs> I mean like it's kind of one of those things and I'll give you another example real quick. Uh so uh-huh. I I enjoy listening to one of Kevin Smith's podcasts called Fat Man on Batman where they talk about um you know Batman and other superhero related stuff. Um and with his co-host Mark Bernardin he occasionally plays video games from time to time and I I saw that he messaged that he just replayed the PS4 version a couple months back. Um and I never really reach out to celebrities. I just kind of follow him on Twitter. So I reached out to him and I said, "Hey uh uh that question that Eric asked, or maybe it was Sean that asked, because it's the one question I always want to ask when you beat the game is, how many people did you kill in that surgery room? You know, and he said he killed all three. And he's like, you know, I feel bad for it, but he's like, he's like, <laughs> That's I, cool. you know, and I was just like, I just was funny. I was like, oh, you know, like it must have triggered something in him, too. Right. You know, but I don't know. Right. It's one of those. It's it's left a, a, a large impression on me. I, I have recommended it to several friends to play it. So, and everyone <laughs> who I've you know, you know talked to you know generally has at least you know some positive feelings for the game. So, right on. So, what are you looking forward to in the sequel? Just more good, I guess. Right now, yeah. like I don't know. I did. I came in with such maybe I came in with low expectations. Like I said, I was not. I I usually don't jump on a new IP right away. I usually will buy it cheap down the road, or, or like just later on. But um, so maybe with me coming in with expectations of not knowing of the game I'm, I'm trying to keep my expectations low um yeah, because tired, yeah, <laughs> that can also ruin a game basically if you will you know with like high expectations so sure. uh, I'm just trying to like take as long as you can and make the game great that's all I hope for you know right on
2: okay cool and uh lastly uh, P1
0: mm. yeah <laughs> I uh I was incredibly hyped for this game uh, coming out of E3 2013. Never forget. And uh, pre ordered the collector's edition. I got the poster up on my wall still, played through it. And the hurt from from those lies tainted (laughs) my first experience with the game. So because I was so focused on everything that it wasn't, that that it didn't give us that they promised... Uh, I wasn't able to enjoy what it did give us as much as I as I could have, uh, and then by the time I got to the end of the game, I was so enraged, I was so angry that they didn't, you know, that they they stole this, you know, you, you took away this AI, you made all these promises, none of this exists, <laughs> this is all lies. It's just Uncharted Four, you know, Drake's Infection, I think is what I called it at first, um, yeah, before there was an <laughs> Uncharted Four, and. Uh, I was so mad. I was so angry. And then it was up this month and I was playing through it on the PS4 and it started off and I got to that stage with those clickers, um, with Tess and Ellie. And I remembered all of the frustration I had at that point. And I was just like, this is going to be the exact same. I hate this game so much. I can't (laughs) wait to tear it apart. And then over the course of the month and up until today, when I finally finished it again, um, I realize that this is one of this is this is one of the best stories ever told in a video game and it's not an RPG. Yeah. <laughs> no. um, you know what I mean? It's an action well, set, m- survival horror, samey combat, third person shooter. Um, mm-hmm. and if you haven't played The Last of Us and you're still listening to this podcast, I guess you don't have to. Um, but you should. I think everybody mm. anybody who asks me if you know what's a game I should play, you should play The Last of Us. Uh, hmm. not because the, com- like some games you play them because the combat is groundbreaking. Some games you play them because the graphics the game, you know, different reasons you need to play this game because the story that it tells. And I, I truly, we talked about it today that this game would make a great movie. And I think it would make a great movie, but the only way you're going to have that emotional attachment, that feeling that either anger or relief or sadness, the only way you're going to get that, you know, that moment ripped from you, um, is by playing as those characters and living as those characters. So you, this game need, it needs to be a game, and I think everybody should should experience it because they did a
2: fantastic job with it. It's funny because the way you're describing it is how, I would say, 80% of the people who don't like RPGs would describe RPGs. The, the combat's bland. It's the same thing over and over again, but you're playing for the story beats. That is this game, just looking at it from the old side perspective. So... It's just funny to hear it from the other side now. <laughs> you never usually hear third person shooters being played for the great stories. You hear yeah. it played for the combat one up. So, yeah, it's pretty cool. Um yeah,
4: so anyway, I just want to make that... one quick reference. Oh, well, yeah, go ahead. there's a, there's an Easter egg in Uncharted Listen, 3 Ryan, too. I gave game. you
0: I gave you a positive lasting impression.
4: No, no, no. no. I just want to mention <laughs> this is because you I believe you mentioned something or maybe maybe it was Catherine earlier that there is a a reference or an Easter egg to an um to the last of us in uncharted 3 like there's a newspaper article mentioning the breakout of the disease somewhere wow. like it's like you know the fungal the disease, disease or something like that um
2: it's the same uh, universe I didn't even know that
4: yeah um cool. but like i said like i i do like that that they found something with um something in real life that actually kind of happens with with mm. basically with that fungus that takes place i think it's in somewhere in south america where um It carries over from insects um and eventually eats away their brains and they become zombies and they walk into like with ants they walk into um their ants nest and they their goal is basically to spread the pores so it carries over into the other ones so essentially they're dead on the ground but like the fungus is taking over their body and essentially like it carries over to like all insects um so i i like that they found something where they said like oh it eventually mutated where it can affect humans um, I think that's an interesting concept, basically. Where it's scary. Mm. It's, it's kind of scary, Nasty, but
2: you
4: know. It's what Musty's actually little... working on.
0: Oh <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Umbrella <Maybe>. Corpse.
2: Yeah. <laughs> okay, well, that is The Last of Us, at least according to us. But we weren't the only ones playing along this month, so we have some three-word reviews from other people playing along in the club, so why don't you go ahead and bring those up? Sean.
0: Yes, we do. So first up, we have Zach Quest at OKQuest, okay and if you want to have your three-word review read on the show, you can just go ahead and use hashtag CC3WR, and we will read them on the show. Um, feel free to do that anytime throughout the month. Uh, maybe just throw the, the name of the game in there because sometimes we get them mixed up with older ones. Anyway, Zach Quest at OKQuest. Okay he says it's just okay. Mm. So, obviously, Zach, uh, E3, 2013, never forget. They got him. And then we have That Pixel Life, At That Pixel Life, and they say, frustrating but me- mesmerizing. Mm. Josh Leslie of At Frantic Society says, unrelenting storytelling.
2: mm mm-hmm. Well said.
0: Mike from the Retrolectors. Now, Mike's cheating a little bit here, but I'm going to give it to him. He says, excited for part two, and he has part two written as PT2. So I'm going to give it to him. That's almost four words. (laughs) Excited Uh, for sequel. We'll just leave it at that. Yeah, there we go. Uh, Musty Hobbit at Musty Hobbit says, profound gut punch. It's a well-known fact that Musty Hobbit loved this game. (laughs) And then we have Mrs. Q-Dog at Mrs. Q-Dog, and she says... Emotional roller coaster ride. She also asks, What would Joel do? <laughs> 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 uh, then we have. Uh, that's it. That's all we have from Twitter. So, um, let's ask our panel. Our panel uh, coming into the show knew that they were going to have to come up with three word reviews. And hopefully, uh, they all have one. So, let's start with who looks the most prepared? Catherine, what's your three-word review for The Last of Us? <laughs> um,
3: so if the Uncharted series is my favorite television show, then The Last of Us is my favorite movie. Mm, well like said. That.
0: Thank you. Uh, Eric, what's your three-word review for The Last of Us? Mine is It's About People.
2: Ooh, well said. Yeah.
0: As opposed to Soylent Green, which is people. <laughs> That's
4: right. Ryan, what's your favorite <laughs> oh, what's your three-word review for The Last of Us? Uh, best of PS3. Oh, yes.
0: Mm. Yeah, I agree. I, no, I take that back. It is a good game. Possibly <laughs> best for PS3. I'd have to look at my PS3 library. <laughs> I got a, a lot of love for Kingdoms of Um uh, Mark, your three-word review.
2: A uh, surprisingly deep story.
0: Nice. And my three-word review... For naughty dogs the last of us is E3
2: never forget.
0: <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> lies
2: wow. and deceit.
0: That is lies <laughs> and deceit. They are animals.
3: Why are you so shocked that a conference that is basically just a media circus lied to you about stuff? <laughs> Cuz I'm gullible, Catherine. I'm are gullible. you so used to just seeing the truth on TV? <laughs> well, see, normally when I watch E3,
0: I watch Nintendo, and they don't ever lie. So, mm, unfortunately, no, I was... They don't. Regis Wait, said, when was Zelda supposed to come out? When was Zelda supposed to come out? I can't, I can't remember. Which Zelda?
5: <laughs>
0: Breath of the Wild. Uh, of the Wild. <laughs> uh, I remember... Listen. Uh, a rushed game... A delayed game may one day be good, but a rushed game is forever bad.
2: Will lie. <laughs>
0: Yeah, well, they didn't Sometimes promise lobster. that Link... They didn't promise that the book Goblins would run of Link at a bow. Yeah, you're right. We can't and you know what? That. But you know what? They do. The book goblins in Breath of the Wild do act that way.
2: That's what five years will do to you. That's the actual last of Five us. years additional.
0: Maybe they should have had Joel in a sleep chamber for a hundred years. That's the show, folks. Thank you so much for hanging out with us. I uh, really appreciate it. More importantly... I want to thank our panel for coming. Um, we are recording exceptionally late this time, um, later than we usually do. Uh, it's uh, it's the first time on a show we've actually seen the sun come up mid-recording. <laughs> so thank you, everyone, for hanging out. Uh, one last time, I'm
3: going to get everybody to plug themselves. Uh, Catherine, where can people find you? Um, I guess on Twitter, I'm at K underscore song, and maybe if you want to listen to our podcast, it's Flock Talk, which you can find on wherever you listen to podcasts and you should yeah oh, you thanks. definitely
0: should um mm-hmm. Catherine is fantastic on there and her co-host chris is arguably <laughs> one of my favorite people to listen to
3: i just try to keep up
0: <laughs> uh eric where can people find
1: you uh people can find me on twitter at mighty q dog that's d-a-w-g and also on youtube with my wife melissa at the mighty q dog channel
0: and Ryan, where where does Rocket Sauce live?
4: I live in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. So if you are in the All area right. for <laughs> April thirteenth through the fifteenth, I want to say, uh, Midwest Gaming Classic will be going on, along with the Cartridge Club panel. So if you're there on Sunday for the eleven thirty Central time, come and attend central. You know, we'll be there with hosts, you of- know, T1, me, Money Q Dog. Hey, we'll be there to talk about it. So uh, but otherwise if you want to find me on Twitter, you can I mean, at it's rocket sauce so
0: and on twitch tomorrow right doing all those stealth streams
4: yeah i'm gonna <laughs> test it out tonight to see if we can get it ready and you know test the internet and
0: yeah
3: i'm actually just gonna wa- <laughs> i'm gonna
0: watch that live streamer that Catherine talked about uh was it lord rage
3: lord rage lord uh, rage
0: yeah i'll check that out and see what happens cool um thanks so much for being here folks mark thank you for being here i appreciate uh i appreciate and love you likewise buddy Bro, <laughs> I never I love want... you
3: too, Mark.
0: Oh, thank you, guys. I never um, want the brothers just... to die in the game either. <laughs> you uh, you would be the only person that I, that I would have hesitation on letting them cut their brain open to save the world, but Thanks, I'd dude. still let them do it. <laughs> <laughs> we are a monthly show on Cartridge dot but we are not the only show. Please head over to www.cartridgeclub.org, crush, where you can check out other great monthly podcasts such as Flock Talk, who else is monthly? Uh, Retro Pixel and Dollar Dorks. Mm-hmm. If you're already a member of the club, you can head to www.patreon.com slash Club, where you can donate as much or as little as you like, and every cent donated goes to the club. I am player one. I am player two. CC Unite. unite.